The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Look out. Yeah, it's only me. <laughs> yeah, it's only the Kemmer uh, 106.3 with Pete Davis, sidekick producer at Sports Rec on Tour Extraordinaire. And the mechanical mangler at the controls. <laughs> it's Falounder. Look out. Yeah, it's freaking Monday. I know it. Uh, oh, and we got a little uh, Mr. Monkey face up there. Who's this guy now? Oh, there goes the glider. Uh, 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 who's, uh, it's a white uh, monkey face. I don't know who that is. Is that a character? He's waving. I'm waving. Just, just a monkey. Just a monkey. Pete's got a monkey in the house there. And, oh, my God. Anyway, uh, it's only me, Pete Davis, and Flounder 3 Call it 304. Bad to the bone. Kind of got a thing going here. Today. We've got, a, got, some, got some good happiness going here. we got a weird story. We, got, we, have a, we have one of those bizarre days where, you know, we're not a newscast, but I, as a, I'm an old news guy, so I kind of tend to fall in the habits of, you know, looking at things that are newsy and stuff. But we have a, there's some weird segments of stuff. We have a whole bunch of things. We'll, in fact, we'll talk about the Saturday Night Live thing, and there's an update on that. Now the girl who was going to play uh, Elise Stefanik, Said, no, I can't do it. After the dress rehearsal, said, I'm out. I can't do it. I mean, uh, we'll talk about that in case you don't know what we're talking about. We'll explain it for you later. And a couple of reactions. Uh, that coffee shop we mentioned, we played for you. The sound of them, the, the girls at the coffee shop giving, and the gay guy giving that Jewish woman a, a bunch of crap because of what's in the bathroom and stuff. They got fired. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, there's some, a new update now in politics. Jack Smith, the scumbag who wants to go get Donald Trump, is trying to bypass the appeals court so they can get the his trial in before the election next year. Uh, also, uh, we got a whole... Oh, oh uh, remember the the, uh, the sound that came out? It was a few months ago of a woman who sounded just like uh, Vice President Shipless and Lazy America's uh, uh, favorite uh, consort, uh, Carmela Sidepiece. Well, she's back on social media, and she's she says every media organization in the world is basically calling her to make sure that was her and not the vice president. We'll play that for you again just for the fun of it. Also, a new movie out uh, from uh, from Woke Flix, they're calling it, Netflix, now known as Woke Flix. Uh, Barack Hussein Putty Tat and Big Mike are behind a new uh, Hate the White Guy movie. Also, we got a whole bunch of stuff on uh, chicks in the news. We have, uh, we have Jew news, we have chick news, we have political news. We got a whole, like, whole bus segments and stuff, including a Dear Abby, <laughs> which, uh, you know, why can't I meet a girl like this? <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a billion things going on here. And um, uh, if you ever watch the TV star, uh, TV show Combat, you may know one of the great character actors. In fact, I have a, a slight link to the TV series Combat concerning uh, my uh, first job when I got out of the Marines in Phoenix when I went to Arizona State. Uh, after the Marines. Anyway, uh, 306, not that I want to talk about the Kimmer, uh, with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Here is our number, uh, 404-741-1230, 741-1230. Pete, what's new up in the mountains of Macon? It's a lovely day today. It was nice and rainy and wintry over the weekend, but it's nice and sunny right now. Yeah. Did you get your fill of uh, football? Wasn't, uh, you know, like a huge... Uh 
Well, there was a lot of the FCS team, you know, the smaller teams playing Division Two and yeah. Three and everything. Those are fun to watch. Went up there in Montana and South Dakota. By the way, for the record, I as you know, I've been trying to avoid uh, putting a curse on the Falcons. I'm not. I'm, I'm not particularly. Well, I, I mean, I, well, I know it is. It's just. It, it just. It freaking. Honestly, it just. It's unbelievable. Okay, so I said I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding the game. I'm working at home. I had to go out and do a bunch of stuff, and I got the towel all kind of stuff. Anyway, so I come back and I said, you know what the hell? I'm going because I know the game's going to be over any minute now. So I said, what the hell? I'll just. I'll tune into the very last part of it. I tune in with nine seconds to go. <laughs> They blew it in the last I minute. don't even want to say that. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And I'm thinking, and they're trying to spike the ball to get one last chance. And a foul, boom. It, <laughs> Two yards you do, short, you know. God. Yeah, it, it's the last play of the game. You've got to get it in the end zone. Where so did he, he throw the ball? Yeah, two yards short. Two, I mean, come two on. Two yards short. It's, 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 and again, I, it was, I, I, tune, I swear to God, I, I, it strike me dead. I, the last nine seconds, I said, well, oh, this would be good luck. They have a chance to score a touchdown. <laughs> and whether they're down by five, I think, whatever it was. <laughs> it figures. Let, 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 me just, let, let me just tell people out there, after being around <laughs> the teams, these people are not as smart as you think they are. I just, it's just... I mean, throw it in the end zone. It's well, simple. You have to get it in the end zone, and they throw it short every time. <laughs> you miss it, we lose. You know. <laughs> my God, oh Lord. Anyway, and uh, I have an update on my time. Well, I just mentioned this briefly. As you know, as uh, maybe you don't know, last Friday. Uh, coming into work, I got a flat, and my uh, tire started going flat. And it didn't go all the way down. It went from 36 pounds down to 26, I think it was something, 24, 25, something like that. And so I pulled over to the gas station, and I tried to use my tire pump, and, of course, it was broken. First, I've had it for years, and, of course, this time it didn't work. So I'm freaking out, and I'm thinking, well, i got two choices. Either drive to work and hope I make it and then see what happens when I get to work. Or if, I, if, I, if it goes totally flat halfway to work, I mean, I was only about four miles away. But if it, if it went totally flat, you can't drive it. You'll break the wheel. The wheel will bend, and that's, you know, another 1000 bucks or 5000 whatever the hell you are now. Anyway, so I took a chance, got here, and then uh, thank, uh, Mike, our uh, uh, engineer, has a portable pump, so I used that. Anyway, I got home, fine, Friday night, the uh, tire was uh, uh, held the pump. And the reason was, I know, so, so Saturday morning, I knew my weekend's going to be blown if I couldn't get the thing. Because you can't, you can't, there's no spare tire in, in, my, in my car, and there's no spare tire in yours either, Pete, I'm guessing, right? You don't have a spare tire, do you? No. 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 Uh, do, you, do you have a spare tire in your, do you have like an SUV? Do you even have a spare tire in there? Um, I don't believe I do. It's, you know, I, I wonder, does, do they even have the little donut tires anymore? I'll have to check when I, when I go home tonight. I'll bet, you, I'll, I'll bet you may have a little donut tire somewhere hidden under the trunk. Maybe in, in the, under the little dip area. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of cars, I mean, I don't think cars even have spares anymore, do they? I, I, maybe they do. I don't know. Anyway, um, so, okay, so Saturday morning, uh, I, and again, I've had, I've had a tire issue, what, maybe seven bad tires in the last year and a half, something like that, probably. I mean, I, you know, it happens quite because of the construction, the nails and the thing and the stuff and the things and the stuff. Anyway, so I, so I called Butler Tire up on Jones Bridge Road. And I called, I, 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 the ring, 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 hello. I said, hi, this is, and before I even got close to my name, Brett says, hey, Kimmer, how's it going? How many tires should he need today? I think they have me. <laughs> I swear to God, I think they have me on speed answering app or something. It's unbelievable. And I said, well, I need one. And sure enough, I took it in. They were real good. It got me in and I sat there and waited for it. And it turns out that they could save it. It was and it was a nail. 
It was a nail. And, I, and I'm telling you, it happened on, uh, between uh, Oxbow and Atlanta Street and Marietta Highway. Uh, and going through Alfred or Roswell, all those roads, there's construction everywhere. I mean, it's just an, anyway, so uh, so I, I, at least, uh, you know, I, I got that taken care of, so that was nice. Okay, sir, let's not talk about me. Oh, a quick thank you. Uh, Denise, our, uh, a listener, Denise, who used to be uh, basically the number one try to save our podcast donator from when we were doing our podcast before we came back to work, uh, sent us a bag of candy, uh, and it's already gone. I mean, there must have been 100 pieces what? in there. Yeah, it's gone. What? Well, I brought it in to, to share with it. Say, uh, it's gone. <laughs> it's all it's all totally gone. Anyway, thank you, Denise. That was a sweet treat. I can I can promise you there. Um, let's see. Oh, and uh, uh, I I think I've mailed out all my uh, my out of state Christmas package stuff. And I'll I'll give you an update on boy the co- holy moly. Have you mailed anything lately at UPS? No. Wow. Uh, anyway, at 311. Okay, now, uh, coming up here in just a second, before we, uh, when we come back, the uh, Saturday Night Live blowback for what the, just a, a really a totally unfunny and uh, uh, just a offensive skit about the college presidents and their Hamas love and so forth. And it turns Propaganda. out. Uh, yeah, Well, yeah, well and, and again, my question is, even if they all quit, even if all the boards of directors quit, all these universities, what's going to change? As long as they keep teaching gender studies and, you know, white white supremacy uh, in America today classes and stuff like that, nothing. You're not, te- you're not teaching people how to use their minds and you're not teaching people in higher education how to make the world a better place by working to make thing, make your family successful and, and, and have the things you need to have a successful family and, and a retirement in life and a and continuing the freaking lifestyle. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're not teaching that. I mean, we need we need to go back to thank you, Mr. Pitts, whatever the guy was in uh, Sidney Poitier, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Poops, and uh, uh, you know, uh, to serve with love, guy. You know, teach them how to freaking live. You know, teach them, teach them a bunch of crap in colleges. Nothing's going to change if they all quit or get fired. Anyway, there, it turns out now uh, some good news is the woman who was going to do, uh, going to play the uh, uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik role, dumped out of it after the dress rehearsal. We'll talk about that coming up here too. Also, a lot of girl news. I, I can't wait to talk about the girl news, including what the what a girl says. I do not want for Christmas. And with some suggestions. So here we go. We'll see if we can help you out. 313 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. It's Monday. Let it rip. Hey, we go. Stand by. <laughs> it's ginger time. Look out. 318 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder and Ed Sheeran. I took an arrow to the heart. I never kissed a mouth. I know. Is this, what is this, pop music? What do we call this? It's not rock and roll. Pop, top 40. Pop, top, pop 40. Adult weak. contemporary. It's weak. It's weak. Yeah, well, it's Ed Sheeran. And listen, I, I'm kind of surprised at this, honestly. It's a boy. On, well, on this day in 2019, Ed Sheeran was named Britain's Artist of the Decade. <laughs> he had a combined run of 12 number one singles and albums between 2010 and 2019 more than any other artist. He also had the most weeks, 79, at number one on album and single charts in the same time. Well, you got to give it to him. I had no idea. No, I don't. I've never heard this song. I, I know. I, I, uh, this I is recognize. called Shiver. Shiver? This is one of his hits. <laughs> no, my. Well, I, I, he's known for... There, he, wasn't there one... Uh, did he sing Perfect? 
You you look perfect to me. Well, it was a beautiful song. Was, was that he that did that? Uh, I think that was One Direction. Uh, I, no, 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 it was not. Uh, oh my God! I know something about music flounder doesn't. I can't believe it. This will go down in history. No, it was. Uh, you said you looked awful, and I say you look beautiful tonight. It's a gorgeous call. Perfect. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I'll bet it's by Ed Sheeran. I don't know. It is. You're it correct. Is. Yes, Excellent. it is. Ed Sheeran. You're right. Excellent. It's a beautiful. I think I, I think I have that on my music magic stick. If I'm not mistaken, could be wrong. Uh, birthdays. And by the way, it's only the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. We're kind of. It's floundering, and it's 3:19. And what the hell? It's Monday, and this is all you get. Uh, it's not like you're paying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in a thing. You know, I'm in a thing. I mail pack. I'm, I'm just, it's a thing. You know, stress uh, Christmas, and it's just, you know, here we are. And and I got kind of a surprise thing going, uh, and I don't know what's going on, and I'm a freaking wreck anyway. So this is just, you know, the year will be over before too long. Okay, birthday list. Uh, Haley Stein, that naughty little Haley Steinfeld is 27. She was in True Grit. Uh, Kate Bishop on Hawkeye, Emily in the Pitch Perfect movies, Gwen Stacy and Spider Gwen in Spider Man, and Charlie in the Transformers movie Bumblebee. Anyway, she's also uh, dating uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback, yeah. I believe. And she's a. And by the way, I, I don't know what's going on. She popped up on my phone the other day, barefoot. <laughs> there's a. There's a <laughs> Something's, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, it's, you know, there's stuff that pops up on your phone. I don't know what's happened. Um, this day in history, 1990, Ivana says, Ivana, Ivana divorce. Ivana Trump, the former Olympic athlete and model. Ivana found out that the Donald was uh, farcalukulating uh, with a Georgia peach named Marla Maples. And uh, that didn't work out too well for Ivan, so she got, you know, took off, and they became, they remained friends, and I think did business stuff together and everything. And then, and then I remember, I won't mention his name because I can't, I'm not sure I got all the facts right, but I remember the story about uh, one of Marla Maples's uh, a key aides and assistants in her uh, a famous uh, rise of popularity and so forth. Uh, one of the fa- guys who used to work for her as a, as a top assistant uh, was used to steal her high heels. And would uh, use them <laughs> or be with them or something. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, 321 with a kibber feet and flounder. <laughs> Moving on. I'm sorry. It just. <laughs> uh, here's some no meaning to the term toe beats leather. <laughs> <laughs> they have foot and mouth disease, all right. Uh, here's the number 404 741 1230. 741 1230. Oh, in fact, we're going to talk about SNL stuff. In fact, we'll play the sound of uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend here, which I have not watched. Literally, I've not seen more than maybe 20 seconds of that show in 20 years. I just want to stop being funny. Anyway, uh, coming up, ladies, maybe you could share this. What would you say if your husband was at a at a Christmas party and you were not? He went there because it's a, a yearly thing, and it, all his whole team goes. Went to Christmas party, and then he called you at one o'clock in the morning and said, "Oh my God, uh, Sheila, our coworker here is so drunk. Uh, she, you know, I'm I'm going to take her home." And then he, get, he takes her home and says, "Oh God, she's throwing up all over the place. And I, I'm afraid to leave her, so I'll, I'll, I'm I'm going to spend the night here." But you know, just to watch her, honey, and and I'll call you in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay, dear. 
Uh, I, mean, I trust you. Well, if he if he really cared, he would have brought her to his house where his wife was to where she could help as well. well. There's a lot of other ways to go. I mean, how about getting a doctor or maybe calling a man? You know, anyway, so ladies, what do you think? Do you, well, I, I guess it depends on the guy whether you really trust him or not or whether you'd even want to be in the position. Christmas party, drinking, so drunk she's throwing up all over herself. Well, Flounder, he couldn't screw her if the wife's there. <laughs> yeah, but he can't bring her home. <laughs> You're the one who got her drunk. You take it to her place. <laughs> Sorry. Three t- <laughs> That's so wrong. 323. Uh, and, all right, let's get it. We got some news today. This is really amazing. And again, it's, I'm not, I, it's not really amazing at all or not surprising at all. With Saturday Night Live, the cold opening this past weekend was supposed to make fun of the congressional testimony from college presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT. But it didn't turn out that way. And Flounder, I think we have the opening for the Saturday Night Live, and here's what here's how it actually sounded. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now I'm going to start screaming questions at these women That's like Stephanie. I'm Billy Eichner. Congresswoman. Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry. What? Yes or no? Is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard? Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? That can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? <laughs> Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? Am I winning this hearing? Somebody pinch me. Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The chair, the chair recognizes gentlemen from Michigan. Good Lord, this is still Thank going. you. I yield my time back to yeah. Ms. Stefanik. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah, I mean, not even funny. Uh, and here, uh, at the crowd's one, not even laughing. Oh my God! At, at one point in the opening, the primary target appeared to be obviously Elise Stefanik from New York. Who, by the way, I'm really, I'm, I'm nuts about this chick. I really think she's a ball buster. I like her. Uh, and she, and part of that they didn't play in the soundbite. She says, "I am here today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, in private dinners with my donors, and in." public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump, said the uh, Chloe Trost, who did Stefanik. Uh, and again, you know, everything just went uh, And by the way, for the record, this just came out this afternoon. The uh, woman who played, uh, was going to play Elise Stefanik, and Elise Stefanik is that hotshot New York congresswoman. The woman who was going to play her is named uh, uh, Cecily Strong. She used to be uh, on Saturday Night Live, a former cast member. She's 39 years old. She appeared as a guest for this weekend, and in the dress rehearsal, she was going to play Elise Stefanik. She did the dress rehearsal, and then at the last minute, she said, I, I can't do it. She said, I can't do it. The opening sketch is always the last one to be written. Uh, 
And apparently the one for Saturday night that she dumped out of after dress rehearsal was slightly rushed. There was a mix-up even in the nameplates. They mixed up two of the stars and the names they got wrong and they, whatever. Uh, but this girl, Strong, uh, Cecily uh, Strong, uh, was her guest appearance. Would have been her first time back since leaving December last year after 11 years on the show. Uh, sources say she was uncomfortable with the sketch. Uh, there were a lot of reasons, and at the last minute she pulled out of the cold open. By the way, uh, Elise Stefanik's uh, advisor told reporters Elise did not watch it. Her office was flooded with messages from thousands of Americans across the political spectrum. They were appalled, disgusted by the anti-Semitic trash spewed by unfunny, morally bankrupt comedians. Uh, some reaction. Uh, SNL made history by the worst cold open ever because everyone knows there's absolutely no humor in the vile answers from the university presidents regarding their failure to condemn calls for the genocide of the Jewish people. And now they're calling on the show to apologize. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fat chance. Uh, some of the reaction. Uh, Megan McCain. Uh, there's a 400% increase in anti-Semitic hate crimes uh, since that happened, and they think this is hilarious. This is vile. Uh, three university presidents universally panned for their about semitism on campus, and SNL decides Elise Stefanik was the one to embarrass herself? I mean, on and on. Unwatchable, says Stevens Miller. The fake laughter is as painful as the skit. Uh, another, it's an incredible, really incredible how the skit featured liberals being unwilling to call genocide bad. And they weren't even the punchline of the joke. It shows how unfunny you can get if you're unwilling to make fun of the people on your side, uh, uh, unquote, the Babylon Bee. Uh, I mean, and, and by the way, uh, there's some, so much uh, reaction to it. Um, also, oh, in fact, speaking of the Babylon Bee, just one quick uh, aside here. Uh, from the Babylon Bee. The good, the good news is that the ousted UPenn president, Liz McGill, has a new job. Uh, a day after being forced out of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill has now been announced as the new president of the Hamas Institute of Technology. Yes, experience leading premier universities and comfort with Jewish genocide is a rare combination. And Ms. McGill has it in spades, said Haytham Hawawakajari, a university board member. We're proud to welcome Ms. McGill as the president who will lead HIT Hamas Intellectual University uh, <laughs> from the river to the sea. The university president was been, we've been without one now since a recent paragliding accident claimed his life. Dear God. Anyway, the Babylon Bee. And, and, and it's, I'll say it again. I don't. It, if they fire them all, if they all quit, I don't see anything happening different on university campuses until they decide to stop being woke. In fact, uh, uh, one of my favorite columns is coming up here with our buddy, where to go now, Alan Dershowitz, uh, who's got some things to say. Pete Davis, uh, is, this, is this a thing, whether they quit or not? They're going after another one MIT today in Harvard. Uh, I, the hell with the universities. This Saturday Night Live is the story here. They, we have seen the nadir, the absolute lowest that this show can go to. And this is, show has sucked for 30 years now. This is the worst I've ever seen, the most unfunniest I've ever seen. It. It's pure propaganda. And even the left has gone, no, wait a minute here. It was the university presidents that, that were you should be making fun of, not Stefan. 
Fanick, she's a hero in this. She had the balls to stand up to him. And so they're attacking the right just because they're on the right and ignoring the left when they're stupid. Even the left is saying, okay, come on, this isn't funny. This isn't right. You're supposed to be Saturday Night Live. You're supposed to be making fun of Biden and making fun of the right and the left. And it's only the right so far. And it's been that way for decades now. And I think we may have reached a turning point in humor. And at least Saturday Night Live is like, no, no, no. We're not putting up with this anymore. Who the hell's going to watch that yeah. show anymore after that? I, I don't know what the ratings are, but I know the reaction is obvious. And again, it's almost like I, I, mean, I, get, I, I had those staff. I had them on my show. I interviewed all of them. And, and back in the mid-70s, when they're, they were picking on people that deserved to pick on left or right, didn't make any difference. They were after comedy. They were after, you know, they, again, this was live. This was live comedy on TV, which hadn't been done since Ernie Kovacs in the 50s, really. I mean, there were, you know, some uh, I mean Caesar variety and shows and so yeah but again this really hadn't been had really hadn't been done in in decades it was it was a complete uh, a risky experiment but they were after comedy and nowadays it's like they're going out of their way to try to make a political point and it's it, I mean, they've lost They're the gaslighting sense of us. it. That was pure gaslighting to make everybody think that it was Republicans at fault here, not the university yeah. president. Complete gas. And I want to know why Cicely Strong decided she couldn't do it. I want to hear from her. Did she think it was going to ruin her career? Because basically, they'll never invite her back. It yeah. was her first time back, and she and she basically left them in the in the dark there and said, "I'm not going to do this." Yeah. Again, I, I wish I knew. It doesn't. It doesn't quote her. It quotes people who know her and people on the uh, on the staff. Uh, and it said she was uh, uncomfortable with the bit and decided. But I mean, even if she was uncomfortable because it might hurt her, at least she took a stand. At least she didn't do it. So that's a step. And again, like right. you said, this, you know, again, we were hearing more and more and more comedians are saying, now, wait a minute, people, we're supposed to be, we can't be funny anymore? So when did that happen? How come comedians can't be funny anymore? My God. Anyway, 332, Kim Repeat and Flounder. We got a lot more on this stuff coming up. like this song. I've stumbled on the side of 12 misty like mountains. Bob Dillinger, for a reason. I've walked and I've crawled on six crooked highways. I've stepped in the middle of seven side forests. 2016. I've been out in front of a dozen dead oceans. And Bob Dylan said it was truly beyond words to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature. In Sweden at the speech, he said he thought his odds of winning were as likely as him standing on the moon. We'll play a little more there, Flounder. Maybe get... Oh, did you already kill it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd get... I was going to try to get to a hard brain's going to fall part of it. Where have you been? <laughs> 
Uh, now he's all over. Starting again. over from scratch. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Patty Smith performed a hard range of going to fall at the ceremony where he got his award in Sweden, the Nobel Prize for Literature. Bob Dylan had to apologize during her rendition after the nerves got the better of her and she forgot the lyrics. I mean, she had to <laughs> apologize because she was too nervous and forgot the song, the sing. Oh, my. Well, there you go. Anyway, what the heck? Uh, Bob Dylan, one of the great ones. And that's a great. Who, who's, who made that song famous? Was it uh, one of the uh, the Pete Seeger or somebody? Who no, said, didn't it was Bob Dylan. Well, no, but but he was not. You know, it was made famous by him for people to listen to Bob Dylan. But in, in terms of rock and roll radio, that was never a top forty hit of "Hard yeah, Rain's Going to Fall." I think it was somebody else yeah, who sang. Well, okay, I no. Anyway, I'm I'm sure I know. <laughs> it, it was Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, the little redheaded. Oh, And our birthday list includes. Oh, I just I got my history thing. I, oh, I get to talk about myself in history. Uh, our birthday list includes Linda J. George. Remember her oh, yeah. from Mission Impossible oh, yeah. on TV and in a bunch of movies. Oh, yeah. Linda J. George is freaking seventy nine. Damn. <laughs> That's just wrong. Dang. I mean, come on. That, that just, it's just wrong. Why am I on like this? Anyway, <laughs> all right, in our history list, on this day in 1951, a demonstration did not go well. What they thought was going to be the model for the structure of DNA, Francis Crick and James D. Watson were ordered to cease their research on DNA by Sir Lawrence Bragg, the director of Cambridge University's Cavendish Laboratory, where both men worked. They were told to knock it off. They didn't try to appeal it, said Dr. Watson later. An open outcry would reveal that our professor was completely in the dark about what the initials DNA even stood for. He was really was an idiot. No reason to believe he gave it one hundredth the importance of the structure of metals for which he took great delight in making soap bubble models. Nothing gave Sir Lawrence more pleasure than showing his ingenious motion picture film of how bubbles bump into each other. So they're mocking their boss who told him stop all this stupid stuff on DNA, wherever, whatever that is. So Watson did acknowledge their acceptance of the verdict to get out of it based on their own self-interest. Lying low made sense. We were up the creek with models based on da-da-da-da-da. No matter how we looked, they smelled bad. But then a few years later, Watson and Crick resumed their work in DNA and soon arrived at a solution, the mystery of life in essence, called the most important biological discovery of the last century. And again, if you'll recall, um, I had the chance to sit in the green room on the Phil Donahue show with Dr. Watson. And I was the one who came in and met him uh, early in the morning before we went on the show. I was on for the girlfriend of Diamond. I thought a long story. Uh, anyway, uh, and he was there to talk about chemical stuff because she was the first person to ever take the uh, uh, interferon, homemade interferon shot. Anyway, and I told Dr. Watson, and by the way, you got some egg on your chin there. And he had a little piece of egg, breakfast egg and toast on his <laughs> corner of his mouth. <laughs> so here I am. I'm telling the guy who won, you know, the Nobel Prize for the research stuff. And, and by the way, again, I haven't seen this movie in 30 years probably, but uh, Jeff Goldblum and somebody else uh, in the movie, I think it's called The the race for the helix or the search for the helix or something like that and it's a it's a silly movie and it's british movie type movie uh they and a girl too there was a girl laboratory uh, doctor in there with them uh she didn't get much credit for it but they it's a story of the search for the helix and how they you know how they found it too pete how they finally solved the the the, the uh the mystery of how it all worked they couldn't put it together they had all these molecules and they had the models of all the molecules you know like a, like an erector set or uh, a, a tinker toy tinker toys and then we used to call where you plug things in together. Anyway, 
they had the model, but it didn't make any sense until I think I, I, one of them, I, I believe, dropped it. Uh, and then and then realized, oh, my God, he switched the two halves upside down, put them together, mm. and they match perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. They dropped something like acid. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been possible. Anyway, it's a, it's a cool move. I really I, I was it was a great it's a move about laboratory stuff, but I really was great. And I'm over in Cambridge. I, anyway, if you have a chance to watch, I think it's called the search, the race to the Please. helix or the search for the helix or something like that. Please don't. tell me Jeff Goldblum attempted a British accent. Please. I don't remember. I, I don't think so. I think he was American. I think he he was American because Watson was American. Oh. And I, I can't remember whether he played Crick or Watson, to be honest with you. That's how old the movie. God, the movie's got to be from the 80s probably. I don't know. Anyway, all right, uh, 342. All right, I blew the whole thing there. Sorry about that with the camera. Uh, I, just, I can't get over this stupid Saturday night. I mean, it's just what a shame. It used to be such a great show and funny. I had all those people on my radio show in person. I mean, it's just, you know, God. Anyway, and they were gaslighting America basically. Yeah. Everybody knew it was the left that screwed up, and they tried to make it seem like it was the Republicans that screwed up. Right? Unbelievable gaslighting. And, and, and to be going out of your way—I mean, it's not. It used to be that a comedian they'd sit in a room. I mean, comedians, you know, are people who just think of stuff. It just—you know—God bless them. The really good ones, they just comes to them. It just boom, bang, pop. You know, you do it, Pete. You're a writer, and things just—you know—ideas just hit. Uh, but nowadays, it's like it's not that. It's just they're trying to say, well, let's see how we can do this to make the fun of the so-and-so. You know what I mean? They're, the they're looking for it. The yeah. funny thing is, is remember Shane Gillis, the comedian I play a lot, he was he was a writer for SNL, and they let him go because he was doing jokes kind of pro-Trumpish, I guess you could say. Yeah. We have a little Shane Gillis. You want to find some? I can find some, yeah. Let's do that. In fact, yeah. let's we'll, we'll play Shane Gillis in a second. But again, it's just it's so it's it's so disappointing. And again, people who watch it are this is what they get. It's, it, well, they, they, it didn't matter who someone was. They made fun of them. It was the old joke where they, I don't know which host was walking around looking for somebody, and he opened up the writer's room, and it was an opium den. You know, the smoke came yeah. out and everything. Well, they weren't looking to make an agenda. They were looking to make fun of well, people. I remember when, when uh, Dan Aykroyd and Sean Belushi were together doing teamwork stuff, and Dan Aykroyd would say, hold a second, and he, he would bend Belushi's head around and do something under his nose, and Belushi would come back with white powder under his nose, and then it would be a donut. <laughs> you know, they were making fun of doing cocaine on the show i mean you know there was the you know the, the bumblebee butcher the the samurai uh, uh tailor so i mean it's just you know <laughs> here's another question we i mean there are a lot of jewish comedy writers in new york city yeah. a lot of them through history you can look it up in all the books about saturday night live there's a lot of jewish writers that wrote for saturday night live yeah. i wonder how many they have now and if any of them wrote that skit i'd love to hear an inside story that you got there's got i mean how many writers they must have what 20 writers probably in, in that what writing room i'll bet you it doesn't seem like they have any right and now I, and i'm kind of surprised now this is the only story that's come out has been that one girl who said out i don't want to do it but i'm kind of surprised there hasn't been more uh, especially if there were jewish writers still in that room you'd think they'd be talking to somebody because she put her career on the line. Yeah. Lauren Michaels doesn't forgive things like that she left them high and dry by walking yeah. out after the dress rehearsal yeah, yeah. And again, that's the last thing to do before the show goes on. So they had to scramble and say, oh, but what are we going to do now? But anyways, I just amazing. Uh, Alan Dershowitz has a great take on it. We'll start this and come back here in a second. We'll also play our uh, comedian friend that Flounder was just telling us about, too. University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, has resigned. Uh, and uh, Alan Dershowitz says, well, well, that's part of the problem, but it's not going to make any difference until they get rid of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Until they get rid of that, 
Nothing is short of Orwellian. Quarter of four with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. I like that. Here we go. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given, you know, it's got to be up there with like Churchill, Gettysburg Address. It's the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS. Trump comes out of the Situation Room at like midnight in the White House and he walks down that tunnel like he's, and gives a press conference, like he's giving a post-game NBA and just goes, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog. <laughs> I didn't change one word of that. That's what he opened with. And then he did 40 minutes. The speech is 40 minutes. The meanest talk you've ever heard in front of the whole world. Abu. We can hear him crying, I said. Abu, don't cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Abu cried. He cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> cry baby back daddy. That's what we were all calling. <laughs> Man, he, that shing, he does a great Trump. Holy cow. All right, hit the music there, Flounder. You want to go back to the... That was a... Flounder found our pro-Trump guy who then got blasted off of Saturday Night Live, I guess. My God. 349 with Bobby Brown. Yeah. 2003, old Bobster was charged with battery after beating Whitney Houston in the face. She happened to be his wife at the time. Bobby Brown turned himself into the police three days after a domestic dispute at his home in Atlanta. Uh, Whitney Houston accompanied her husband to court and said they were trying to work out their problems privately. <laughs> yeah. What a shame. That whole thing is just what a, just a horrible, horrible, horrible in every way. Uh, let's see. Uh, 3.50 is our time. Our quick birthday list. Uh, Donna Mills. Always had a kind of a thing for Donna Mills from Knott's Landing. Played Abby on Knott's Landing. Uh, Donna Mills is 83. <laughs> God. <laughs> I just, that can't be right. All these people are getting so old. <clears throat> I guess that means, eh, well, never mind. Uh, and on this day in history, in uh, 1844, Dr. Horace Wells is the first person to have a tooth pulled. He had his own tooth pulled. The first person to have a tooth pulled using an anesthetic. In this case, the anesthetic was nitrous oxide, laughing gas. First time, 1844. I think the first uh, anesthesiology uh, with a, uh, was ether was uh, Dr. Crawford Long, if I'm not mistaken. Pete, isn't that correct? Do you remember that off the top of your head? Yes, somebody, uh, it was a heart uh, thing or something I think they were doing. It was, a Crawford, heart. It was Crawford Long, and, and I think it was the first... Yeah. I think it was the first um, ether or uh, uh, other than laughing gas, the first uh, anesthetic for well, an opera. You know, there's nothing more deranged than. Yeah. yeah well, nothing more what now? Nothing more deranged than a man in the depths of an ether binge. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, God. I used to, have you ever had ether? Oh, man. Have you ever had yep. ether? Flounder, you ever had ether? I'll bet you've never had ether. I think that stopped in the 60s or 50s. Was it like a. Uh, it's gas. You just what do you to knock you it? out? Yeah, you inhale, put him. It's a gas mask. You put it over a rubber, rubber mask, and you turn on a little spigot from the little of the container, and it uh, and you breathe it, and you're gone. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh, it'll knock you out. Uh, and it's horrible. The and, smell of it just. Yeah. In fear and loathing in Las Vegas, 
what he would do is on their drive from L.A. to Las Vegas in the convertible, <laughs> they would soak towels in ether oh. and put them on the floorboards so the gas would Yeah, waft. just waft them through the entire truck. God, it, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. And I remember, oh, God, I remember fighting Dr. Robinson. He, he sponsored a Little League baseball team when I was 10. Um, oh, my God. And I one time I had a horrible earache, or so I had earaches on my, my eardrums used to explode, and I burst my eardrums 50 times from ear infections as a kid growing up because of whatever. Um, anyway, and he came into the house. That's back when he made house calls. And Dr. Robinson came to the house, and he had his little portable ether thing with it to try to t- get me some ether. And he, I took about one thing of it, and I started fighting and beating. And they had, they had to hold me. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Sorry, I don't know how I got into that. 352 with Kevin Pete and Flounder. Uh, and just a couple of updates on the uh, this business with Hamas and and the Hamas lovers and so forth. And, and incidentally, uh, 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 Alan Dershowitz has a really a terrific commentary about this. And he says, no, I'm not surprised by the outrage over the uh, lack of moral clarity for these campus presidents, uh, university presidents, for the way they've treated Jewish students. And he said, as a former uh, a president of a major university told me once, the one quality that is not a criteria for becoming the president of a university is courage. These people are not leaders in education. They're politicians. Uh, when a financier threatened to withdraw $100 million from the University of Pennsylvania, she stepped down. And by the way, for the record, they have, the, the Ivy League, every one of those Ivy League universities and colleges has so much money in, in, in uh, 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 not installments, what do you call it? Endowments. In, endowments. They have so much. Harvard has $53 billion in, in endowments. Harvard has so much money, they would never have to charge another student to go to school there ever. And they, they wouldn't lose a nickel. They would not have none of them. Dartmouth, Princeton, Williams, uh, Penn. I mean, pick uh, all of Yale. Every one of them has so much money in endowments. They would not have to charge another student ever again to go to school there. And it wouldn't it wouldn't cost them a nickel. Anyway, uh, Alan Dershowitz says the evil ideology goes by the acronym DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. In the aftermath of the appalling murder of George Floyd, Harvard and so many institutions rushed to reckon with their histories. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent hiring hard-left, woke, progressive bureaucrats steeped in the culture of identity politics. These professors take the loyalty oaths to DEI, attend compulsory sensitivity sessions, and actively censor opposing points of view. We now see that that result was nothing short of Orwellian. As for diversity, there's little tolerance for speech that is critical of DEI, a sure sign of its intellectual weakness. Equity is the opposite of equity and equality despite it being a similar-sounding word. And perhaps the most hypocritical and dangerous of all, he writes, this ideology of inclusion. Never forget, Harvard admittedly failed to explicitly condemn Hamas or quickly denounce a student group letter that held Israel entirely responsible for the October 7th terrorist massacre. That is DEI worldview. Today it looks down on Jews who will be next. Yep. Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> what the hell we're going through in this country is amazing. I mean, and it's again, it's every day uh, since October 7th. We're now in if December. If I was a Jewish person, if I was Jewish right now, I would be afraid no matter where I was in the world. I mean, they have raised three or four generations that absolutely hate Jewish people. And these are the socialist teachers unions that have done this. Yeah. 
Uh, Jewish gun ownership, new gun, first-time gun ownership is uh, skyrocketing, according to, uh, to uh, gun shops and so forth. Uh, by the way, some good news, an update. The, uh, remember the California coffee shop in Oakland? They had the, uh, a few employees that blocked a Jewish woman from the bathroom after she complained about the anti-Israeli comments written on the wall in there. Uh, and there were, uh, let's see, there were, uh, she uh, escalated to a situation was uh, shocking and uh, unacceptable, according to the people who own the company called Farley's. Um, let's see. They, uh, we don't tolerate this kind of behavior. There was video. We played it for you Friday. Three employees standing between the customer and the door of the bathroom. She had gone in there, wanted to re-enter to document the anti-Semitic graffiti. The employees wanted to stop her. Uh, one of the uh, graffiti writings said, Zionism equals fascism. And then your neutrality apathy is enabling genocide on the diaper-changing station. They accused the woman of misgendering one of the employees, the gay guy, I think it was. Um. And then after allowing her, the employee was heard shouting, history didn't start in 1948, lady, free Palestine. Well, those three employees are no longer employees of Farley's Coffee Shop. They all got fired. He said they were not, uh, he said, we're not anti-Semitic and we promised an ongoing staff training. We're committed to working with, well, I mean, my God. But again, a coffee shop and three of them, three of people in an oak. I mean, what are the chances that three people, including a gay guy, is, I, I thought gays were supposed to love everybody because after what they've gone through. No, being, no, 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 that's, that's, that's a joke. I know. Gay men hate women. I, I, but well, that's mostly, I think, probably. Uh, uh, Almost uh, every gay know. man i ever known will. Deep uh, down. When women aren't around. Yeah, deep down. They, talk, they say things that heterosexual yeah. men yeah. cringe yeah. to hear. Yeah. But, but what are the chances? A, a little coffee shop shop in Oakland has three employees working there together who all hate Jews. I mean, and we're willing to put it on the wall, have a sign. <laughs> Zionism yeah. equals fashion. I mean, my God, what, I mean, what are the chances in Oakland, California? Three, uh, I mean, just okay. out of nowhere. I'll tell you what the chances are. I'll tell you what the chances are. They're the majority. Those three will be hired somewhere else within the day. I'm not kidding. They are the majority. There. There's no odds in this. They are the people that run that joint. Yeah. I, and again, but I, I don't. I still don't know where this came out. Of. It came out of nowhere. I mean, the, the, this, uh, I, I, it, it's, it's like it was all hidden, and all of a sudden the rumble went, oh, my God, what, what do we have here? Well, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I'll, every time this has happened over the decades, most of the world sided with Israel, right? And was against yeah. the PLO and against the yeah, Palestinians. Yeah, yeah. And they learned from that. They learned. And I think they had people on the campus, they had people in the media, and they said people around the world and said, look, if we, when we do this again, you're going to get people out on the street, protesters, on our side. It's not going to be pro-Israel this time. It's going to be our side. And they had their people in the media put out good stories about them and to say bad things about Israel. They had this planned in a worldwide protest because these things just didn't pop up. They were organized, and I think the people like the George Soroses or people like that with money, that the two uh, billionaires here in America, yeah. the, the the couple yeah. that that are funding this stuff yeah. that's going on. Right. This Americans. was all planned ahead Americans. of time. Yeah. I mean, what happened in the days of Gaddafi and uh, uh, Yasser Arafat when the world was saying, now, wait a minute, we can't let those guys go. I mean, there, there was retribution against the stuff they were trying to pull with the PLO and back in those uh, terrorist days. And well, man, Hillary... Things are, Go ahead. Hillary killed Gaddafi. Yeah. She chased him out. He was our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Very different going on. I don't know what's going on today. I, I, and it's burgeoning. Uh, four o'clock already. Holy moly. Kimber Pete Flounder. Stand by. Look out.
W292EV Marietta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. This hour is presented by Atlanta Safe House. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Three, how you doing? It's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis and Falande. At 106.3. Here's the number, 404-741-1230. 741-1230. Here's a little uh, Led Zeppelin right here. We go. Oh, this is Kiss. Uh, this is Kiss right here. Kiss playing instead of, instead of Led Zeppelin. We were going to play Led Zeppelin. Uh, I overlooked that one. <laughs> but you should still know the I difference know between the Kiss difference. and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Tight it board. sounded like Led Zeppelin to me. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I, I couldn't pick oh. up. I mean, I didn't know that wasn't Led Zeppelin. Uh, I can't understand a freaking word they're saying. What difference does it make? It's just rock and roll. Hell, we could do that. Anyway, so this is Kiss. All right, let me make this down here. <laughs> well, now we recognize the sound of Kiss. I recognize that high squeak voice he does. That guy. There you go. Yeah, that guy. Then he went with the daughter. That little big mouth daughter. Isn't that the guy with the daughter? The actor, actress, girl daughter with the big lips. The little, little hot, skinny hottie. What's her name? Isn't that the guy? Isn't it the guy Kiss? And has a daughter as a freaking actress, and she's a, a, a long, tall, skinny brunette with big lips. No, that's Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. His oh, daughter is Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. <laughs> that oh, was boy. so close. <laughs> Wrong again. Aerosmith Kiss. Okay. What's the difference? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's <laughs> stop with those crickets. At <laughs> 405. Well, the reason that Flounder was playing that <clears throat> is because on this day in 1973, Kiss guitarist Ace Freely was nearly electrocuted during a concert in Florida when he touched a short circuited light. Uh, Mr. Freely was carried from the stage. Freely. 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 Freely was carried from the stage, or is it a stage, uh, but returned 10 minutes later to finish the show. <laughs> Sorry. Stodge. i got to stop this day drinking. Uh, our birthdays include uh, naughty little Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee is freaking 79 today, the 60s and, I guess, 50s uh, singing sensation. And uh, congratulations at her hit, uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, is the number one 
Christmas yeah. song. Now it, it overtook Mariah Carey's All I Want Is More Money From White Guys, or whatever that song was. Anyway, Rock Around the Christmas Tree with uh, Brenda Lee. She's 79 today. And she is the, uh, of course, her uh, huge hit was I'm Sorry. And uh, she's the only female artist to be in both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Country Hall of Fame. And now I thought Dolly Parton was going into the rock. Didn't she get just get elected? Yeah, and she doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she of said fame. she That's doesn't either. She said she's on her, but really no. she, she, she kind of turned it down. I think. In fact, is I think it, she did turn isn't it down. Brenda, isn't Brenda Lee from around here? Yes, somewhere. Some from, from George, I'm almost positive. I can't remember where. I should have looked it up. Hmm. Anyway, Brenda Lee is 79 years old today. Uh, and there was another song. Uh, oh, no, I was thinking of Patsy Cline. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to name another good. song that I really like, and it wasn't her at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me a break. I had a bad weekend. I had a bad year. <laughs> uh, let's see. Understand history. Uh, oh, here we go. 1936. Britain's King Edward the VII lives up, uh, gives up his live. I wrote the in the dark. Seven lives uh, seven. Yeah, Edward the Seven uh, gives up his throne to marry that saucy little American hottie Wallace Warfield Simpson, <laughs> an American divorcee twice divorced. Uh, the mm. British government said no, no, we no, no, sorry, no, I don't think so, no, no. Uh, it was the, uh, the they, they disagreed and opposed to the marriage on every possible ground imaginable. Uh, they called her everything but a ham sandwich. And he said, well, I'm, I'll give up my throne and uh, marry this girl. And I hope everything worked out happily uh, ever after. I don't remember. <clears throat> imagine the things that she opened him up to that he would drop being king of England for. Uh, well, I guarantee that she uh, taught him things he had never heard of. <laughs> yep. Well, she was a twice a divorcee. So, you know, after the first one. Uh, she was willing to do anything to get number two, and then after the second one, she's willing to really do anything to get number. I don't know. I'm just saying. I five four away. I don't. What do I know? Don't ever listen to me. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Chicks want guys with skills. I have no skills. You know, <laughs> nunchuck skills. Wolverine hunting skills. Uh, 408. Oh, by the way, one more crime thing uh, concerning uh, Jewish affairs. And this, again, it's Hanukkah. And I always see it. But listen, listen how things, how bad things are getting in a, a Jewish neighborhood in uh, North London. Two girls have been arrested for the brutal beating of an Orthodox Jewish woman. Uh, the victim in the case is a 20-year-old woman targeted because of her appearance uh, she's Orthodox, so I, they, obviously she apparently looked like an Orthodox Jew. Uh, so it's a, a, clearly a hate crime. And the, uh, uh, the Jewish neighborhood is called Shomin. And the watch group says uh, the woman was, uh, they have video showing the woman, the innish, uh, innocent Jewish 20-year-old woman being pulled to the ground, repeatedly punched and kicked as she lay motionless on the street. The two girls then fled with a woman's handbag. The brutal attack ended after the two female offenders kept on kicking the unconscious victim in the head before laughing over her body and, according to the witnesses, saying joyfully, she's dead. She was left collapsed and unresponsive in a puddle and appeared unconscious. By the way, did I mention the two girls who got arrested are aged 13 and 14? 13 and 14, kicking her in the head, punching her as she lay motionless, unconscious, stealing her purse, joyfully saying she's dead, and taking off. 
13 and 14. How do you explain that? Where, where do you learn that? And by the way, in London? I, 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 it's, not, well, it's not your granddaddy's see, London anymore. This has, got to, this, is, this has got to be cell phone. This is, there, there's no possible way that those two, thir- those two 13 and 14-year-old girls could have any possible inclination about what's going on in the world and how they feel about this thing from their parents. Uh, it's either from their school kids and their cell phones. And I guarantee this is all social media and TikTok and Facebook and Google. I mean, it's just it, 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 there's no other possible explanation. Uh, unbelievable. 13 and 14. I mean, they could, they could, I mean, if they were 18 and 19, they could get, you know, 10, 15 years in prison and auto. Attempted murder. They said she's dead, which means that was their goal. How about 20 to life? 13 and 14, oh boy, they're going to be a big hit when they get to big girl prison. No, we got some juicy newcomers, ladies. <clears throat> anyway, 411, 411. 411, 411, see the man. <laughs> no, <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> One out of 12. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. Even though that's the wrong show. It's, 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 either way, it's straight. Mark close 7. Show. Remember Mark 7, Lewis Johnson no, no, Productions that, or whatever the hell it was? Uh, Dane no, Martin was Productions. Not, Wait, Dan. No, no, no. You're Mark Jack Johnson. Mark shows, Johnson. Quinn Martin. Quinn Martin. <laughs> it was a different show. <laughs> Claude Justo. You're a cop, a flatfoot, a bull, a dick, John Law. You're the fuzz, the heat, you're poison, you're trouble, you're bad news. <laughs> I tried to watch a Rockford file the other night. Oh, my First God. First time since the 70s. Oh, him walking long. around in his members-only jacket, getting beaten up in every show. I, it was unwatchable. <laughs> The, the woman who played the wife of Gabe <laughs> Cotter in Welcome Back, Cod- Mr. Cotter. Oh, God. I can't play, remember. Played, they tried to make her some sexy uh, vixen in, in this, the Rockford Files. Like, the woman looks like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> the Rockford Files. <laughs> Jesus, horrible! <laughs> oh man, and he did get beat up. Remember, he got in a, in a car in a fight. Every show, road. No, I mean in real life, road rage. He almost got oh. killed. He got he got in an accident or something. He got in road rage, and somebody beat the living crap out of him. Almost killed him. Really? And he was in his seventies. Yeah, I mean, this was huh. uh, not that long ago. I think he's isn't he dead now? Oh yeah, he's, he's been he's dead, dead a while. James Carter's been yeah. gone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I remember before, not long before he died, he got. I'm sure he got the hit, crap kicked out of him because he's an old man. Somebody beat him up. <laughs> And it sounds like what's going to happen to me the next time I get in a fight. <laughs> I'll, I'll guarantee it'll be, will never happen. I'll, I'll guarantee it'll be my last one. Anyway, uh, 413 with the camera feeding flounder. And coming up, Jack Smith, that slimy little uh, racist, Trump-hating special prosecutor, special counsel, is now trying to bypass Donald Trump's opportunity to wait until after the election to go to trial. He's uh, going to the Supreme Court directly. We'll see what happens. 413, camera feeding flounder right here. Buddies from Led Zeppelin right here. I knew that. 417. <laughs> With a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Da-da-da. 
Led Zeppelin. Controls over like a lead balloon, all right. 1989, the Recording Industry Association certified four Led Zeppelin albums as multi-platinum. Presence was two million. Led Zeppelin title, four million. Physical Graffiti, four million. And In Through the Outdoor, five million albums, hmm. multi-platinum. Wow. That's, I had no, you know, I just, I never, it was just uh, the 70s were not my uh, music time for some reason. Anyway, uh, our birthday list includes David Gates from Bread. Classics make it with you. It don't matter to me if, I used to love that song. Baby, I'm a want you, lost without your love. Uh, I, I, I've always, always liked sweet, <laughs> happy love songs, I always said. And by the way. The Ed Sheeran. Yeah, well, no, no, I don't like Ed Sheeran that much. I do like Perfect. Like song, I sing along with that song, Perfect, because it's, it's so sweet. Uh, David Gates from Bread is 83 years old. Hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. At least people are getting old. Oh, God. And on this day in history, I met a 1719. The first recorded sighting of the Aurora Borealis took place in New England, Apparently, and sent some of the Puritans into a panic in 1719. They were afraid it was a sign of Judgment Day. And I, I can imagine. Have you ever seen Aurora Borealis? I've never seen it in person, obviously. Have you ever no, seen it? No, I haven't. It's on the list. It's on yeah. the list to go up in Scandinavia, maybe. Flounder, you ever seen Aurora Borealis? You've ever been north? Far- oh, he's way in the back. Sorry, man. Back there. North, like, uh, trying to think. Well, you'd have to go north. I think yeah. you can probably see it in Canada, can't you? I think in, I think in yeah. the Yukon, I think you see it in Canada. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was hoping uh, one time that girl to talk about it. I don't mean, uh, we went uh, fishing at the Lake of the Woods, Canada, which is just uh, north of Sault Ste. Marie. You just keep going north, and you're called Lake of the Woods, and have like thousand islands and little cabins, and Indian guides take you out to go fishing at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we, all, I almost <laughs> saw there. I thought we were hoping to get it there, but we didn't quite make it. But the sun lasts forever up there. Just to go the sunsets took forever to go down. It was cool. Indian guides, huh? Indian guides, yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, you get, you, you run a boat, you, you get your cab. There's no, I mean, there's no nothing there. It's just cabins in the woods, and then everybody has a dock, and then you don't see anybody else, and, and the Indian guide shows up with his boat in the morning, and uh, he take, baits your hooks for you, and you sit there with your girlfriend, and you're out there drinking and stuff and fishing, and we, we've caught yeah. a bunch of, we, get, we got brown trout in the morning just for eating, and then we take a break, and we go cook those. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. No, no, we, no, we pull, no, no, no. We, 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 we go fishing specifically for the for the brown trout uh, and oh, uh, good, no. good eating fish and then we catch those and then after about 11 or 10 in the morning we started like 6 and then you know a few hours later you pull over and, and he would cook up fish and fried potatoes on a campfire and you'd have something to eat maybe take a little nap uh, maybe go for a little swim or something off off the one of the islands and then go back in the boat and go fish for another couple hours and then you're done by 3 o'clock in the afternoon you're freaking exhausted and then all I- you do is uh, the fun stuff <laughs> When I lived in San Diego, when the Tijuana would release their sewage into the Pacific Ocean and it would flow northward onto Imperial Beach, the surf reports say you can't surf Imperial Beach today because of the run of the Mexican brown trout. How can you eat something called brown trout? Well, the rest of the time we were fishing for a northern pike. 
You ever caught a northern pike and a big pickerel? They're big. Oh, man. Mean. I mean, that's mean funny. And, and the water was so clear. You could see that. And the uh, the lures were like eight-inch long uh, fake uh, pickerel fish with, uh, with uh, like three sets of hooks on them. And you could throw them. And you could see when you're reeling them in, you could see the fish following them in the clear water. And you could see when he hit and you attack and boom. Went. I mean, just, it, man, it was that fun. God, he's so why do you pay the Indians up there? Wampum, fire water? No, no, it, it was, he was an Indian guide. I mean, he, he, you know, he was a guy who was an American Indian or Canadian okay, Indian. Indian. Yeah, a Canadian Indian. Uh, and he was great. And he, he, he what makes was your hooks for you. Oh, God, hell, this was 1982. <laughs> oh, hell, it was, 19, it was 1980. When I was a kid, I, me and my brother were the Indian guides. I was Little Moon. Oh, and they act. Oh, yeah, my God, that's so Little, <laughs> little Moon. Little Moon. <laughs> what kind of crack is that? Now, who now who gave you that nickname? Did I'm you pick think, it? I don't know if uh, my dad and some of the guys gave it. it. It was either Little Moon or Half Moon. So you you were assigned like like Animal my, House. My, my dad joking. Pin. My dad joking was Full Moon. <laughs> Your dad was full moon. Yeah, he like, yeah, he was full moon. God. Now Indian why? guides. Why not? That was uh, I, I. They didn't even have Indian guides when I was a kid. It was uh, we were. I was in Boy Scouts and then Cub Scouts. Yeah, I mean we Cub Scouts and then Boy Scouts, here. vice versa. Weave lows and all that stuff. But uh, Indian guides was was fairly new. I'm not sure if that was even nation. Was that nationwide? I guess probably it was. I don't really know. I think it was more of a southern thing. I, I may be wrong. I may be totally wrong. I, in that. I don't know. Uh, I would rather have been in the Indian guide, to tell you the truth. Well, I, 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 but it was fun. Back in the day, everybody did it. Hell, all my kids in class, we, we used to wear our Cub Scout uniforms to school. And then yes, yes. and then go at, right after her and, did our, and do our stuff in the gym. We had meetings sometimes and stuff. I mean, I, and uh, man, we Dead were... Dead mother, yeah. Yeah, we were pretty active in it. I, I, hell, I went on, on a jamboree for a week overnights living in tents in the Adirondack Mountains. That's how serious we were about Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts. You're getting merit badges. That I cooked at a campfire to earn a merit badge with in front of all the counselors and stuff. <laughs> oh my God! Anyway, until they threw oh, me Christ- out. Christmas one year, we we always met in a big barn over there somewhere in Decatur, <laughs> and it, it was somewhere off 78 or somewhere. And we had in the big barn, and everybody had taken names, and you would give a Christmas present to someone you didn't know. So all Santa. the Cub Scouts exchanged. People were getting Hot Wheels cars. They oh were getting God. baseballs. They were getting ba- all kinds of stuff. And I opened my package. It was like as big as my finger. And it was a first aid kit with some Band-Aids in it. <laughs> and I, I looked at it. And I looked up at my dad. And my dad yeah. just leaned down and says, look, some of the families here don't have a lot of money. Yes. And, you know, I'll get you something on the way home. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Well, that's what you have to learn about. Just don't, I, that's one of the important things yes. to learn about gift giving and present. And my my parents were very, of course, this is old fashioned fifties raising stuff. Were very, very, very cautious to say, you know, you never try to show up on something. You have to be considerate of other people's feelings. We're not all the same. We were luckier than most of the people in the neighborhood, so we were very, right. very conscious of it. Um, so anyway, uh, four twenty-five, almost four twenty-five already. Holy cow! Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, before I forget, I don't like vertical headlights. I don't like them. I think they had outlaw them. Have you ever seen those stupid things? Like they're Cadillacs. Yes. They're all freaking yes. Cadillacs. They have regular headlights, and then they got those freaking bracket things that go all the way down. They must be four yes, feet sir. long. Am I li- am I right? I'm, oh, I hate those. And You're I especially, right. You're I right, spe- sir. I especially hate them coming up behind me. Yes, sir. It's even worse hey. than coming at you. I don't like them. You know what I, I found? It- Versus driving Atlanta and driving up here, yeah, 
You have to be the worst driver from where you're from before you're allowed to move to Atlanta. That's one thing we've all found out. Yes. You have to pass a test. Yeah. But I found up here in the mountains that these people up here not only like to pull out in front of you, whether you're 200 <laughs> or 20 feet coming, they, they like to keep their brights on. 24 oh, 7. You know, I, I was going to write that down too. I forgot. <laughs> uh, going home Friday night. I can't remember ever in my life seeing more people driving with their headlights bright on and not taking them off, even when you flick at them. Right. I mean, right. Have, have you yeah. noticed that? What the hell is going on, Flounder? Have you noticed down. that? It's unbelievable. I, I mean, every single night going home, I'll bet you I could flick my lights and somebody coming at me right. 10 times. In uh, on my trip home, or a dozen times. It's a breakdown of society. Well, say don't give a damn, and you can't help but notice a little blue light on your freaking dashboard. Give me a break. You know, you know when your beams are on high, and I even hate it during the day. It happened. I get them during the day, and and that's as obnoxious as at nighttime. Big bright double headlights coming at you. I mean, it's you know, it's just rude, inconsiderate, and I think it's a it's American society. This is what we are. You know, they don't give a damn about you or anybody else. It's their road. <laughs> well, I, I like to think it like this. They should keep the brights on because when I run them off the road, people can spot them in the ditch with <laughs> yeah. the brights on. I got to get my little dashboard camera hooked up. I really got somehow I got to uh, have somebody do it. I'll pay good money to have somebody do that. But I don't want to leave it for a day in a shop. <laughs> American well, the pri- you know, to get it installed, it has to be rewired in through the battery and uh, attached to the thing. You can stuff. put it to your phone. Attach it to your phone. No, you can't. <laughs> what are you you talking can. about? No, you can't. You can do anything these days. Oh, God. It's not magic. <laughs> well, I, I got my new iPad, and we and that's working. By when it, when I when I'm in here and I can use it, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just beautiful picture, and uh, oh, it's wonderful. All right, four twenty-seven. Ja, um, Jack Smith, the special counsel, is calling on the Supreme Court to decide whether Donald Trump has immunity from prosecution. He's trying to go around the appeals court, which is uh, was initially expected to handle the case. It's a fundamental question, he says, at the heart of our democracy, whether a former president is absolutely immune from federal prosecution for crimes committed while in office or is constitutionally protected from federal prosecution when he has been impeached but not convicted before criminal proceedings begin. So it's really it's kind of a special case. It's not just whether he's immune from prosecution because he used to be president, period. There's a couple of specific situations in here they're talking about. There are four different indictments. Donald Trump is facing, you know, 7,000 years in prison for these 9 million indictments (laughs) against him. Uh, Excuse me. Apparently, he has no longer decided to testify. He's not going to testify in his court trial today. Uh, which is his right, obviously. Uh, he's already said I've already testified before. Anyway, uh, so they're trying. They're, the, the special counsel is trying to get around the appeals court and go right to the Supreme Court, so he can be first. He wants to try to get Donald Trump before the election. He wants to try to get him in March next year before the election, so that he won't be able to run theoretically if he gets a decision. Uh, one more political thing here, very quickly. We've uh, talked about this before. Uh, it's clear Joe Biden was uh, was omitted from the Hunter Biden new in- indictment by design. The uh, folks in Congress have now come out with evidence to show, uh, like most of the media, the Department of Justice has been protecting him. Uh, whistleblowers have said every investigative avenue that led to Joe Biden was blocked. Uh, this is why they blew the whistle. For example, alleging Joe was 
paid $5 million by Ukraine was kept from investigators, and the FBI kept it out of the record. The FBI kept that out. Uh, they were uh, refused access to Hunter's laptop. The FBI was given that in December 2019, refused to turn it over. A search warrant on the cottage of Joe's Delaware estate was denied. How could you deny a search warrant for his storage locker? Uh, questions about, quote, the big guy were not allowed to interv- in inter- interviews with witnesses. They were not allowed to say, who's the big guy? Who did you understand the big guy to be? They were not allowed to ask it. Interviews with the Biden family members, also banned. They were not allowed to interview the family about them getting money. The transition team tipped off that Shapley and the guy were in California to interview Hunter, and they never did it. They pulled it. I mean, telling them your storage locker is going to be investigated so they could empty it. The fix was in, my friends, and it continues. 4.30 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. It's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> we went up. <laughs> uh, 435, sorry. No, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Got excited for a second. Uh, sorry, we're just passing along information about how we try to survive the bad times. 436 with James Brown. Here we go. Was on this day, James Brown in 1972 was arrested after he did a show in Tennessee. The charge was trying to incite a riot. So James Brown said, oh, yeah, I'm going to sue you for a million dollars. And I said, oh, okay, sorry, never mind. <laughs> I don't know what it was all about, but that's the thing. We got a phone call coming up. Hold on there, Trucker John. Don't go anywhere. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Our birthday list includes Bess Armstrong. She was in uh, My So-Called Life. Yeah. She was an uh, actress in uh, High Road to China. Uh, the Four Seasons. Bess Armstrong is 70. Uh, sweet. It seemed like a sweet uh, lady. Or, she, she was, was in nice something roles. else that was much... High Road to China, The Four Seasons, My So-Called Life. China! China. <laughs> and I don't know what now, else. She was in a television show that she was famous for. I'm yeah, my so-called life. Right now, Wasn't hold that a it? second. My so-called life, I know. No, the first thing she did. I'm trying to find what the hell. You know, I do kind of remember did. her from something else. I don't remember what it was. I think she might have done. She was a cute blonde. Too. Yeah, yeah, a pretty seemed like sweet kind of personality. We're going to get the John here to hold on here, trucker John, just one second. Also, you're going to hear from well, uh, second. Let me, let Vice me. President Sidepiece, America's uh, shiftless and lazy vice president, coming up here in a second. Sure. Still looking. Television, on her own, love boat, getting me, how to pick up girls, lace, married people. Yeah, see, I, I looked at a list, too, and huh. I didn't well, see anything other than it. something else we're thinking of. Anyway. Uh, Four thirty-seven. Well, if we we'll, we'll, if we find something, where we'll, best arm show we're talking about. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I remember another show that she was in, and she was uh, like somebody's had a sister or a, a something, a relationship thing yeah. or something. On our own. Why the hell am I? She not was thinking? on our own. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, Four thirty-eight. Let's get to the phones. Trucker John joining us. Hey, trucker, how's it going, man? What's up? Hey, Kimmer. How you guys doing today? Great, man. What's happening? Well, you were talking about the uh, the, the uh, bright headlights, and uh, you, you, it reminded me of last night driving, uh, coming out of uh, our, our fair city that we live in, and uh, the, the people that don't have their headlights on at all. Yeah. Uh, not not just even when it's raining, but I know you're tracking what time it gets dark. Yeah. So uh, so this is like. 
5.30, a quarter to 6. So, I mean, it's dark by then. It's raining. And between the west side of Atlanta and the east side, I counted seven cars that didn't have their lights on at all. I, I see them every night. And the problem is, it, it, when it gets this time of year, when it just started, started a couple of weeks ago, obviously, but at this time of year, it starts getting dark really fast when people are getting out of work. And so they don't, I mean, that's when it's all happening. And I, I, every single night I see people and I try to flick the lights. And even then, they don't even turn the lights on. There was a, a guy that, going home Friday night that didn't have any lights on. And I, and I flashed my lights and you kept going, no lights. I mean, how do you not realize that someone's flashing their lights at you. How can you see? I mean, I can't believe they're, you know, squinching over the steering wheel trying to see where they're going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree. I mean, and, and, you know, you add the rain and the mist and everything, oh. the spray coming up to it also, and it, it just, you know, so I, I guess people don't realize that it's a state law that you have to have your lights on when it's raining in Georgia, daylight or not. Apparently. <laughs> Trucker John, thanks, man. 439, almost 440. You guys take care. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your call. 404-741-1230. Uh, coming up, you're going to hear from Vice President Carmela Sidepiece here, America's shiftless, lazy vice president. Uh, first of all, uh, Pete found this story that's uh, the worst president we've ever had, and Big Mike are apparently coming out with a new film from Wokeflix otherwise known as Netflix, called Leave the World Behind, a cyber-apocalyptic movie warning about white people if the world falls mm -hmm. apart. Well, Barack and Michelle apparently are producers of the film. Um, people are reacting, uh, cancel your subscription to Wokeflix. Support companies that don't hate you. Uh, the worst thing ever happened to America, falling for the globalist Muslim trader named Barry. Oh, we have some audio of this thing? Excellent. Here's a reaction to it. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. Holy moly. Yeah, Julia Roberts is in this, and that's a it's a black father with Julia his daughter, Roberts? and the daughter's saying, "Yeah, we shouldn't trust white people." Yeah, some more of the reaction. Obamas have always hated America and every white person living on Earth. Not a shocker. Yep. Uh, cancel your Netflix. Ca cancel your cable TV. Let them play in their bubble. Make their movies for their people, and give out their little medal awards to pat each other on the backs. Nothing they do or say yep. matters to just people with money and the notion of power. DEI D really stands for division. Another reason why not to have Netflix or Wokeflix. Barry and Big Mike. What's wrong with people? I can't believe people like claim Obama doesn't try to cause division. That's I mean he is well, the he's the most divisive, divisive president or politician I know of we've ever had. Mm -hmm. oh, God. Garbage on steroids. But you don't have to get rid of Netflix. Just don't watch the things yeah. you don't want to watch, yeah. and they'll figure it out. They know who's watching what. Yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, and Flounder, here's now the, uh, the vice president. This is incredible now. Uh, making rounds again today. Uh, vice President Carmela Shipless and Lazy, America's favorite side piece, uh, has come out with it. Well, they kind of caught her. They put a mic in her face, and she didn't realize she was on the air live. Let's play the vice president of the United States, for, uh, Carmela. Uh, Kamala Harris-Riddle. Let's go. Today is today. And yesterday was today yesterday. Tomorrow will be today tomorrow. 
So live today. So the future today will be as the past today as it is tomorrow. Now, what the fuck did I just oh, oops. say? Whoops, Denise, Flounder. Uh, did you? <laughs> I thought might maybe that might have been. Did we catch that all right there, sir? Uh, 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 Flounder said he's leaving. He's, he just ran does. away. <laughs> yes, I got Did it. We got it. Oh, okay, good. Well, we just had another. We, somebody just peeking in the room. I want to make. Uh, we got that okay properly, didn't we? Yes, I did. Okie dokie. All right. Good night, everybody. Somebody's very nervous looking in your window behind you. <laughs> he just yeah. opened the door behind Signing you. Signing off. That's, I believe Scott was saying, oh, my God. And there's Mike. Oh, I mean, they're all coming down the hallway. Oh, my, my, my. oh, no. They're all going nuts. There's like nine guys in here in the booth going, oh, crap. We're all screwed. We're all going to get fired. It was an accident. It was, it was, it was, we, we take care of it. You can say things now by mistake. What? We all right in there? We're all good. Okay. That was my fault. Sorry. No, I no. Checked, I checked it was just everything a, else but that one file. Well, there you are. It's not to worry. Everything's going to be fine. My God, man. Anyway, that girl's name is S.D. Uh, uh, Palti. P-A-L-T-I, or S-T-P-A-L-T-I, and she's known for doing her an incredible impersonation of uh, Vice President's side piece, the shiftless and lazy vice president. And she said uh, she has to admit she's been called by every news organization in the world. <laughs> Are you sure you're the one? Anyway, uh, and speaking of chick news, how about this? There's a woman named Caitlin who has scrunched up her face at the what's going on for Christmas. And she says, I am a woman. This is everything I do not want for Christmas and what you should get me instead. Caitlin scrunches up her face on social media, says, heart-shaped jewelry, please, no thanks. A bath and lotion set, I don't think so. Personalized photo blankets, what's a photo blanket? Is that the frame? Is that a frame? A personalized photo frames? She said they could be swapped out for something any woman in life would actually like. She would rather have uh, a gift certificate for a professional massage, a night away from everybody, <laughs> and Botox. And by the way, she's a single mom. Well, that's Flounder sending him. <laughs> Am I going to get fired here? <laughs> she's a single mom, and yeah. she says a night away from everybody and Botox. And all, all of her followers said, yeah, we really like that Botox deal. Uh, I find that hard to believe. Another woman said she'd love a yeah. manicure, a pedicure for Christmas. Another one, uh, maybe sw- swap out the Botox for laser hair removal. Another one said, how about a tummy tuck or a boob lift? Uh, I mean, that's what they're, oh, my God. Okay, okay. If you go to your wife and say, uh, I'm giving you a certificate to get, like, a, yeah. get a boob be- lift or boobs. tummy tuck. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Have you seen the meme going around about, go the, about the 1950s ad from uh, from uh, uh, Norman Rockwell where the guy's blindfolded his wife at the Christmas tree and she's about to open her gift of a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Dead man yeah. walking, all right. <laughs> Quarter of five with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. <laughs> It's only me, it's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis and Flounder. Ten before five with Eric Clapton. This day, 1968, filming began for Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus, as well as clowns and acrobats. John Lennon and his fiance Yoko Ono performed as part of a supergroup called the Dirty Mac. 
along with Eric Clapton, Mitch Mitchell, and Keith Richards. This was originally meant to be aired on the BBC, but the Rolling Stones withheld it because they were unhappy with their performance. It was eventually released in 1996, not 1968. Rock and Roll Circus. And uh, Clapton was part of that deal. All right, there you go. What was his big song? Do you have a, a big... Slow. I mean, he's got a million. Lay Down Sally. Layla was a big one. Oh, Layla. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Derek and the Dominoes, yeah. I thought that was the Stones. Uh, let's see. Our birthday... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I thought all of them were the Stones. <laughs> Dave Clark Five. <laughs> did, you, did you see... And, and, and Flounder probably knows this guy. I've heard of the Blur, but I've never heard of anybody in the Blur. The no blur, one will no. remember the Blur in 20 years. <laughs> but the lead singer of the Blur is attacking the Rolling Stones for putting out the same music they've been putting out for 20 years. Oh, blah, my blah, God. Blah. Shut the <laughs> blank up. If you're still putting out music like they are at age 80, yeah. if you're still even relevant at age around. 80, yeah. please. <laughs> Shut Jeez. the front door, God. Uh, our birthday list includes Rita Marino, 92. She's an what? EGOT. Rita Marino, 92. Grandma Lydia on the Netflix reboot of One Day at a Time. She's one of the very few people to win all four major entertainment awards. She won an Emmy for The Muppets, The Muppet Show, a Grammy for the Electric Company album, an Oscar for West Side Story, and a Tony for The Ritz, E-G-O-T, EGOT Award. Rita Marino, 92. Good for her. Wow. And a quick historical note here for you, if you don't mind. 1950. Exhausted and frozen troops with shot-up vehicles landed on the Hamhung shore in North Korea. 20,000 American GIs engaged in a bitter fight with the communist heathens that stretched for 50 miles on this day in 1950. You may have heard of the Frozen Chosen, the Frozen Chosen Reservoir. Uh, uh, General Ray Davies, who passed away a couple of years ago, as I recall, was a Medal of Honor recipient, famous for the Frozen Chosen. The and the Tootsie Rolls. And the Tootsie Rolls. In fact, I'll, 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 we maybe tell that story here in a second. First, we have a phone call. Let's get to the phones. It's Mark. Mark on the horn with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. How's it going, man? What's up? Yo, great, Kimmer. I'm hoping you'll uh, ramp up the uh, output on your amplifier for this station. It would be great if you could. We're working on Back it, that's for the... sure. Yes, sir. Excellent. Netflix, here's what you do. You click on the movie. Uh, about, you know, 60 seconds or so, Netflix has to pay the royalty. Stop. Rated as awful. Do it repeatedly. Uh, the other one is, if, if the name of the movie is DEI, let's ask a simple question. Yeah. It, that's different. Oh. E stands for a equal. How can you have different and equal and the same... <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I'm a little confused. Yeah, well, we all are. <laughs> You're not all there, Mark. Actually, it's them, not us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's sure confused, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's so pervasive. It's just it, like they're doing it on purpose. It's not that you know they're waking up in the morning, and say, how can we fix this again today to try to make people do the way we want them to do this thing? It's just you know, it's it's just perversive. 
to me. You know how you fix a cat? That might be an option. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Mark, <laughs> thanks, man. That's some yeah. great ideas. And thought of that, look at it for for 60 seconds to make them pay for it, and then rate it as horrible <laughs> and do it over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, look. thank you. Thank you, Mark. Have a great day. 455 here with the Kimmer, Pete, and uh, Phil Under. By the way, Pete, I think we got some, we're going to do some girl news here coming up here. Um, and when more starting out, i got to start doing ah uh, and um. I've got to stop saying that. I don't know what's going on with me. We have Holy Crap Sports coming up. I wanted to ask you one thing before that. By the way, I saw the Navy Army Navy game invocation and the uh, the uh, national anthem. Really liked it. But first, let me ask you this: Did you have a problem with that much publicized uh, call on the Kansas City game preventing uh, Travis Kelsey from scoring that touchdown to uh, give him the win? Uh, I, I'm going to go in depth in sports about this, but but no, that's the the idiot was lined up all sides. If you don't be screaming at the referees, they're doing their damn job. They don't have to give you a warning. The idiot is literally looking at the ball in the center, yeah. and he's still half a foot over the line. He's a moron. That's why he was sitting on the bench on the last play of the game when they needed him. He's sitting on the bench. And in fact, they had to come out today. Andy Reid says we're not going to give up on him. He made one mistake. Of course, you don't yeah. give up on him. Yeah. But he's an idiot. Yeah. And, and again, it wasn't like he was the only one. The other side, as I recall, uh, did the same thing. And, and, uh, and, and that was another apparently another issue that they weren't called on the other team before that or something. I don't know. They're <laughs> yeah, saying, well, he's... OK, as long as they have humans doing it, this yeah, is going to happen. I know. Anyway, just so I, will, well, I can't wait to hear about Holy Crap at Sports. Also about my jinxing the freaking Falcons, obviously. Uh, <laughs> well, what, you've been around since 1966 or something? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, good Lord, I don't know. They, they suck. They suck as a franchise. Well, it was just a, what a way to do it. It's dumb. embarrassing yeah, it that is. they are the NFL franchise in this city. It's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the incident at 557. By the way, the, I saw a headline. Apparently, the Democrats are turning to Hillary Rodham, Peace, Stinky, Fart, Cabbage for help for the election. To see, oh, my God, they're going to kill him. If they, they're going to get Hillary Rodham, Peace, Stinky, Fart, Cabbage involved in the Democrats. Uh, they're going to kill them. They're going to kill him. Oh, my God, they're going to kill him. Uh, 457. By the way, speaking of these freaking Democrats, it figures uh, this year's New Year's celebration here in Atlanta. No peach drop. Uh, another failed Democrat city, bah humbug for Christmas, no peach drop this year. And you know why? They're afraid too many white people might show up and take over. And the other reason is the money. The city, the mayor admitted the city spent all their money on celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would cost like 50 grand apparently to have the peach, or $500,000, sorry, but to have the peach drop. I don't know why it would co- possibly cost that much money. But there, uh, it was uh, debuted in 1985 at Underground Atlanta, it was a popular gathering spot. Uh, but this year they had the, uh, let me see, instead of the peach drop, uh, they got the uh, uh, Debrat at the peach drop last year, Young Blood Z, Jagged Edge, Jermaine Dupree, Blanco Brown rap singer, uh, a bunch of these stuff that debuted, and that they spent all their money celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and now there'll be no peach drop because that's only, you know, Christmas. <laughs> Which comes way second to uh, hip-hop, as you know. And also, oh, uh, just very quickly... And we're going to get to girl talk here about whether the feminism movement ruined the chances of women who are now saying in their 30s, holy cow, what have I done? But first, just to wrap up what Google did this year in 2023, 
The Google Israeli Hamas war top news trends at Google in this year. Number two was the Titanic bound submersible uh, submersible that exploded and imploded in June. That was the number two Google search. Uh, the devastating earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, number three. The top trending person of this year, Damar Hamlin, the safety with the NFL Buffalo Bills who had that heart attack or cardiac arrest. He was number one top trending person. Number two top trending person, Jeremy Renner, had that serious snowplow accident in 2023. Matthew Perry and Tina Turner led the search for notable individuals who passed away. And very quickly, World of Entertainment, Barbie number one dominated Google. Uh, Oppenheimer dominated number two. The Indian thriller, Jawan, three. Anyway, we got some more of this stuff of what's going on with Google. And then Girl News standing by. And what we do with the Saturday Night Live debacle, so unfunny it's almost ridiculous. In fact, it is. Five o'clock, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder stand by. Way with Tug, Rhino, and Lose on the Morning Extra every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on WFOM Marietta Extra 1063. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. And you won't forget them later. 503, look out, it's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis and Flounder on 1063. And here's a phone number, 404-741-1230. It's good to have you aboard. It's Monday, almost Christmas. I can't believe I got all, I think I'm done with out-of-state family Christmas mailing. In fact, I, 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 three days a week, 
possibly maybe two or three days a week. I try to get out of my house for an hour in the morning to go get, to go do stuff. And today I got to get this stuff done. I had three bo- three packages to mail. One fairly good size, I probably weighed five or six, seven pounds, something like that. The other two are like very lightweight shoeboxes size. Okay, and so I, I, I leave my house and I drive to the post office in Alpharetta, and that is so I could see the line from the before I got to the parking lot. So I said, well, that's not going to work. Everybody's trying to get on Monday before the Christmas deal. And so I said, well, I'll just go to my local UPS guy. So I walk into my local UPS guy uh, off of Old Milton, whatever it was, and it was only one other person in there. The lady took me right away and took boom, bam, pow. I'm in their system from years ago. So they said, oh, I said, I forgot to put my return address. She says, oh, we've got it. And it was all in there. Piped, I typed up the thing. Uh, the, it took probably two minutes to, to get the three packages all done. And the prices. <laughs> for the uh, it was a, 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 probably a I don't know, six or seven pound package was uh, forty bucks, and the two lightweight uh, most almost nothing in them very very lightweight uh, uh, shoe boxes were another forty bucks uh, uh, total. So it was almost ninety dollars at UPS to ship. But fine, you know I'm fine. I don't have a problem with it because it's going to get there by Friday and I'm done and it's it's guaranteed basically. I know they're going to do it and I don't have but man the prices are going and I mentioned I said boy your prices have really gone up and then inflation she said, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. We got Kim on the line and she actually watched that Netflix movie that the Obama's produced and she's got a couple tidbits on. Really outstanding. Uh Kim, welcome to the program. I'm sorry you have a boy's name. Uh what's going on? <laughs> Kimmer, I love your name, and I'm a fellow horse person, too. Outstanding. Well, you're aces with me, baby, that's for sure. You saw this movie, huh? Uh, Let me tell you, if I knew that the Obamas had anything to do with it, I never in a million years would have watched it. because they're going to make a million, another $100 million off it. I mean, these people got so rich doing things like this and their books and all this kind of nonsense. But it, so, so it, it was like uh, the end result would be that America basically uh, starts fighting am- among ourselves uh, as the civilians and we lose our way as a civilization. Is, it, is there a revolution or we all explode in flames? Or what was the actual ending of it? And I don't care whether we, it's a spoiler or not. If you want to go see it, you don't deserve to have the engine not spoiled. What, what was it actually the, fi- the final part of it, do you think? In your well, mind. yeah, the final part, it, it was kind of, it was interesting because the actors that were in it, they had Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, um, they had Kevin Bacon was in it. Wow. And Kevin Bacon was a, a conservative, and um, basically Julia Roberts had saw him uh, 
storing away goods and cameras and stuff like that, and she was kind of curious about it. And in the end, um, the daughter of Julia Roberts found a doomsday paper that was next door, and uh, we all escaped from realism, uh, from real life, is through TV and how it kind of numbs us and it gives us a pleasure. But anyway, um, how it ends is basically anything that they attack, the electrical grids, uh, the Internet, mm. anything that we have, um, cell phones, they attack all of it. So basically without that, we're going to be screwed, yeah. basically. Caveman so, days, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of scary coming now that I know it's from the Obama camp. I'm like, good Lord. Yeah, it's called Leave so, the World Behind, and it's produced by the Obamas. And it was on, yeah, it was on oh, Netflix, right? Woke flick. It sure was. Yeah. I watched it yesterday, and I, I got sick to my stomach. Wow. So... Gee, well, thank you for telling us about this, Kim. I really appreciate it. And, uh, boy, it's a good thing we're not uh, married, huh? Whose name would we call out in the throes of passion? <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. Oh, my God. You got me, you, you got me blushing, Kim. Well, you got me <laughs> blushing, too, baby. You have a great day. Thanks, Kimmy. I'll talk to you, sweet girl. Right. What a nice night. Five, no. thank, oops, a daisy thing. Right. Thank you. Uh, 509 here with the Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Well, that's sweet. That's nice. I love our Kimber Beige. You know, I just, I love, I just, you know, just, you can't have too many chicks on the radio. I'm sorry. We just give babes me everything. Yeah. You like to hug them and squeeze them? I and like love to hug them and, and squeeze them. I do. I just, it's just, it's been, God, I got to get me one of them weekend women. Uh, 510 here. It's going to get me, round up some cash and give me one of them weekend women. Uh, 510 here with a kid repeating flounder. Uh, let's do the Saturday Night Live thing. If we can take it, I'm not sure. The Saturday Night Live did a live cold open. And uh, the uh, the one part, uh, I'll start it with the, the woman who played uh, Elise Stefanik came here to say, I'm here to say, hate speech has no place on college campuses. It belongs in Congress. It belongs on Twitter and private dinners with my donors and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. And then the cold open from Saturday Night Live went like this. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. Anti-Semitism, <laughs> yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no? for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. You notice the audience is not hysterically is laughing here, right? Could I hmm. submit an answer in writing at a later date? <laughs> Am I oh, winning boy. this hearing? <laughs> Somebody pinch me. <laughs> Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. No, that's the, chair, I mean, <laughs> the chair recognizes gentlemen from Michigan. I mean, it just went on and on, and I didn't watch it. I mean, we're playing it here on the radio. If I heard it today for the first time, I mean, it's just not only unfunny, deliberately doing the wrong thing. They supposedly trying to mock 
the college and the university presidents and instead going after Elise Stefanik. And the woman who, again, this just came out late this afternoon, the woman who was going to play Elise Stefanik on the bit is named Cecily Strong. She used to work Saturday Night Live for like 11 years or something. They brought her back as a guest appearance person, and she was supposed, in the dress rehearsal, she was Elise Stefanik. And she did the dress rehearsal as Elise Stefanik. After the dress rehearsal, she said, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's wrong. I'm just, I can't do this. So then they, they threw that, she threw them under the bus. They had to go get someone else to do it. Uh, a, a newcomer named Chloe Trost did Elise Stefanik on the air, replaced her on the air. And it was just not only unfunny, the people are saying, well, she had a problem with the, uh, the uncomfortable with the sketch and what it stood for about the Jewish hate going on. But again, the whole thing is just an abomination. And the, finally, the reaction all over the country, even by Democrats also, was saying, what are you people doing? I mean, I, I, you've lost your way. This is career-destroying gaslighting is what's going on. I think heads will roll at Saturday Night Live over this. I think this could be a massive backlash to them. If anyone's still watching, but I'm telling you, I think careers will be destroyed over this. Well, coming up, we're going to do Holy Crap of Sports here in a second. And coming up, you're going to hear what's the latest from, well, not verbally, you're going to have me talking about Alan Dershowitz. And my opinion of this is very simple. I don't If they fire all of those university presidents who are so woke and all the boards of directors, it won't mean a damn thing. The only thing that's going to make a difference is if they stop teaching, if they stop teaching what they're teaching now, how to be woke and start teaching the things from to serve with love about how to live your life to be a better person and make the world better in your job better and your family better. My God, man. 514, Kimber Pete and Flounder. And we got it all going today. Look at it. God, I got a sports history list. Includes the names Mario, Mohammed, Joe, and A Rod. But first, we've got all the latest news from the world of sports. The only company in America with sports at 518. Holy crap, it's sports with Pete Davis. Well, the three-year experiment in mediocrity has run its course. <laughs> After blowing a late lead at home against divisional rival Tampa Bay yesterday, 29-25, to 25, mm. the Falcons now find themselves fighting for a chance at a wild card instead of leading the NFC South as they began the day Sunday. And once again, as we see week after week, with the game on the line and needing to get into the end zone, a quarterback throws the damn ball short and the game ends in a loss. Desmond Ritter threw the ball to the two-yard line. Yeah, yeah. It was caught. Yeah. But according to the rules of football, which have been around a while now, you have to get it in the end zone on the last play. Well, that's not fair. It was fair. like watching. I mean, seriously, they got to change the rules. Don't they know the Falcons play in this league? They just don't get This goes back to Matt Ryan days. He did it over and over again. Yeah, it's yeah. been almost three years into the Arthur Smith reign, and frankly, this team is just wallowing in ineptitude. It's obvious that Smith has no clue how to utilize so many weapons such as Bajan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, Drake London, and Cal Pitts. All he knew before was to have Ryan Tannehill hand off to Derrick Henry while he was up in Tennessee. It's time the porn stash and his turnover machine of a quarterback ride off into the sunset. And it seems most Falcons fans agree the Benz was half empty. 
Even the improved defense couldn't keep Baker Mayfield. That's right, Baker Mayfield, the Hall of Famer, from scoring 29 and beating them down. Ritter will never be a star quarterback in this league. He's a Canadian Football League wannabe that at best will hold a clipboard most of his career. The best thing for this franchise, again, would be to lose out and replace the head coach and draft a new quarterback. At this time, I think they can keep the general manager. He's amassed some talent, especially on D. The problem is his uh, head coach is over his head and has all the inspirational moves of a cold dish rag left out in the weekend rain. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL, and three years in, we're at 6-7. and seven. Blah. And their most consistent player, even he came up short. Young Wei Koo missed not one but two field goals. So I'm thinking his back may be hurting a little more than mm. someone has been letting on. Wow. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. It's extreme. I mean, I, it's I, I, I tuned in for the last nine seconds thinking I don't want to be a jinx, like I've always said. And it's sure enough, huge. they throw two yards short of the end zone. Bloody <sighs> jinx. Uh, the Bills beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium thanks to the dumbest play of the season so far. Kansas City got the go-ahead touchdown with about two minutes to play when Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey on a long pass. Then Kelsey had the cojones given to him by his girl Taylor in the suite before the game mm, yes. to throw a pass of his own behind him, lateraling to Kadarius Tony, who took it in for a 49-yard yeah. score. Unbelievable. But uh, it seems Kadarius had lined up in the neutral zone before the play. Replays show the moron staring not only at the center but at the damn ball, too. Yet there he was over the line. The play was called back. Travis and Taylor's storybook ending was not to be. After the loss, Mahomes was whining about the officials calling the penalty. But, hey, buddy, how about teaching your dumbass teammates how to line up before play? They don't have to warn you. It's the, your grown men line up correctly. It's not that hard. Well, first of all, you, you do it every day. I mean, they know when they look. You know where you. I was a lineman my first two years in high school football until I went, you know, changed of getting the ball and everything. But you you have you can know where you are. You know where you put your fist down. You're next to your buddy too. So I mean, there's no said. there's no possible way that, that that he didn't know that he was trying to take an get an advantage over the guy on defense. And he got screwed. Well, social media, social media, of course, has been very kind to Kadarius afterwards. So. Uh, yeah. Lindsay tweets, I can't wait to hear Taylor's song about Kadarius. <laughs> Andrew said, Taylor Swift is going to subtly destroy Kadarius Tony on her next album. <laughs> and this is interesting that you mentioned this earlier today. Tommy wrote, Taylor Swift gonna head to the studio and ether Kadarius Tony. <laughs> <laughs> If you've ever had ether, you know. <laughs> mm. Yikes. And maybe the best meme was the one with Taylor and Travis. They're walking down the street holding hands, but Taylor is looking back over her shoulder, admiring Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah, I thought that was nasty. That was I saw that. That was yeah. <laughs> Taylor is, is switching. No, that's that's mean, yeah. man. That's awful. And as predicted here weeks ago, Chiefs fans are starting to talk about a Taylor Swift curse. Uh oh. And Tony Romo called her his wife on yeah. the CBS telecast. Yeah. Yeah. Former NFL tight end Frank Wycheck has died. He uh, fell inside his home in Chattanooga on Saturday. His family found him. He was unresponsive, just 53 years old. Mm. Part of the Music City miracle in the 2000 playoffs. Titans were behind 16 to 15 oh, seconds yes. left in the wild card game against the Bills. Wycheck took a handoff from the fullback, threw the ball across the field, and the receiver ran 75 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Very controversial. Yes. People said it was, you know, not good. 
But uh, he's in the ring of honor, so Wycheck had 28 touchdowns during his career. So that's kind of sad there. Mm -hmm. The Shohei Otani sweepstakes are over. Surprise, surprise, he's a Dodger. He's staying in Los Angeles. $700 million over 10 years, largely deferred, so the bums won't be salary-constricted signing the other players. He's a money-making machine, both here in the States and in Japan. The Dodgers will make money on this deal if he stays healthy. This will be a pittance compared to the money they will make. And... He did the right thing by deferring so much of it that they can still go get other good players. That was the dangerous part for the Braves and the Phillies and everybody else in the National League is that they're going to still be able to get more guys. And that's funny because I think that some really good sports guy just said that. Oh, 30 seconds ago. I, I missed that, that one second. I was li- I'm looking right here. I can see you. I'm, you're looking I'm, right at I'm, me. I'm, you I'm, can I'd, see me. Well, I, 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 you're I, so enamored with the visuals that you're not li- listening to them. Yes. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. And coming up, a strange fact, story. I have, I have a comparison salary story in light of what you just said. After I'm telling you, we're going to be doing sports after the bottom of the hour because there's a lot to talk about. Go through I'm, it. I, I like it. A strange story about Otani came out Friday. Sports reporter John Morosi of MLB Network erroneously reported the Japanese star was on a plane from L.A. Toronto, inferring he was about to sign with the Blue Jays. Well, several hours later, and after being called out by Braves mascot Blooper, Morosi issued an apology saying he was wrong. Blooper, who says he's the most followed MLB mascot on Twitter, tweeted, If another hour passes without any major MLB news dropping, then Morosi should have to get fraud tattooed on his forehead. (laughs) Wow, jeez. So so after John's mail tweeted, 17 minutes later, Fraudosi tweets an apology. Once again, I am forcing the change I want to see in the world. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. (laughs) But it turns out the blooper wasn't the only person affected by Morosi. False report. Millions of dollars may have been lost. Ooh. It seems better that the sports books in the U.S. and Canada rushing to bet on the BJs to win the series with rumors of Otani's interest in Toronto. Their World Series odds improved from 15 to 1 to 8 to 1 behind only the Braves and the Dodgers. The bets poured in on the Jays. Bet MGM Sportsbook, near 85% of the money wagered on the World Series odds on Friday was on Toronto. At the bet ticker at Caesars, it filled up with wagers on the Blue Jays ranging from $50 to $500. There were some pretty respected players that were betting the Blue Jays, says Eric Finstermaker, Caesars' lead baseball trader. Then the soap opera took a different path. On Friday, it was revealed that Canadian entrepreneur Robert Herjavec of Shark Tank was on that jet, not Otani. And uh, Randy Bloom, who's a Vegas book manager, says Friday was really crazy. And he says it prompted him to shorten the Blue Jays' odds. He said these reports were from legitimate baseball guys, not random people on Twitter throwing things out there. We had to respect it. When it turned out not to be true, we cleaned it up. Wow. So some of the betters who backed Toronto on Friday cashed out at a loss on Saturday. And, of course, he moved to the Dodgers. So the betting public has now shifted its support to the bums. They have now moved ahead of the Bravos as a consensus World Series favorite at the sports books. Man. All because of Morosi doing what he did. Yeah. Uh, Otani's salary is more than the entire player payroll for at least one Japanese team. The SoftBank Hawks of Fukuoka. Oh. I bet you thought I was going to say something I else. I thought that indeed. Uh, yeah, we used to get away with that. We can't, yeah, do, we that can't do that anymore. No. Uh, so you know what this means, Cameron? You know what this all means? What does that mean? 
when the Braves knock Shohei and the Dodgers out of the playoffs next season, the Empire of Japan will declare war on Atlanta. <laughs> Expect to see zeros over the skies of Buckhead. This will not be pretty when this goes down there. And if you've listened to me in the past, you know I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of sports writers. Some of them, but not all. And now USA Today's Bob Nightingale has had enough. Bob says we have made fools of ourselves plenty of times before in the history of baseball media, but we have taken this to new heights. Baseball writers, like Morosi, have become an embarrassment to the journalist community. Wow. Cool. That's a USA guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. By USA the way. today, and in case yeah. it... Uh, so we have, we've got Go a delay thing going on here. Um, um, speaking of uh, Otani's salary... I heard the figure this morning that he will basically be paid $40,000 for every inning of every game. $40,000 so every inning, not every game, every inning, every inning. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Anyway. Uh, uh, now about Bob Nightingale talking about journalists here. The Spun.com is run by Sports Illustrated. Used to be the gold standard, SI, of sports journalism. You know, Frank DeFord, Roy Blunt, Dan Jenkins, Rick Riley, to name but a few. Yeah. All right. Here's a story written on Spun.com. You, sir, have a master's degree in journalism, correct? Yes. Yes. Let me know what you think about this. I'm going to read you three lines of this story, three lines this guy wrote in a row. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not, I'm not after him personally. I'm just saying this is what he wrote, and this is about that cheerleader that was found dead, killed oh. by an illegal alien, yeah. by the way. Yeah. All right. A 16-year-old cheerleader was found slain to death. What? That's, <sighs> yeah, that's the first sentence. The young girl's mother reportedly found her dead. <laughs> Lisbeth Medina was found dead. Jeez. Oh, Those are the thir first three sentences on a Sports Illustrated story. Well, yeah, incompetent, lazy, uh, shiftless. Uh, I mean, you can't, yeah. I, it's irresponsible. And something else I've noticed, and this isn't just on the spun.com, it's on all these sports websites. They don't have any editors. They can have the greatest information yeah. in the world. These boys can't write. They can't. There's nobody sitting there going, you're using too many prepositions. You're repeating yourself like this idiot said she was dead three times in three sentences. You, I mean, nobody's looking at this going, maybe you should rewrite this. They have no editors at any of these places. They're so badly written, it's hard. I wonder if it's just they can't afford it. Everything's, you know, it's like you're trying to get customer service at the store or trying to get more aisles yeah. open or something. I mean, my God, I, I, I had to turn away from two stores now because there just there aren't enough people to take care of all the people. I mean, I'll bet you they just don't want to hire people to do the job right. Hey, the, the Braves have made a few moves on the coaching staff. If you want to mention that. Oh, that, no, no. We got a lot more. Oh, the, we got a, uh, we got a lot more sports to come out. Don't worry. We got a lot more sports stuff to talk about, right. including some of, from me coming over here, too. Uh, 531 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. So here we go. Happy Monday. Look out. I had someone to talk to. I'm in an awful way. 
And later on in the song, he says, how I wish I had some chick to talk to, which I remember very well. Sam Cooke, my friends, 1964, Sam Cooke was shot dead. It happened at the Hacienda Motel in Los Angeles. Bertha Franklin was the manager. She told police she shot and killed Sam Cooke in self-defense because he had attacked her. Uh, She claimed that he attacked her in her office while he was trying to find a different woman who ran out of his room after he allegedly tried to force himself on her. Uh, The LAPD said it was justifiable homicide. Uh, He ran out of her office wearing only a sports jacket and shoes, no underpants or shirt or pants. He was 33 <laughs> years old. Um, his family never th- never really uh, accepted this uh, justifiable homicide thing. It was kind of, you know, a little iffy, but it was weird every way. Of course, known for his, uh, you know, Saturday Night Cupid, Chain Gang, You Send Me, Change Is Gonna Come. Uh, great, great, great singer. Dead at 33. Yo. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and our birthday list includes, uh, I, had, I always had a thing for this hot babe, Terry Garr. I like everything about I like her attitude. I remember one time she was on David Letterman, and just for kicks, he said, uh, Terry, uh, we've all, we ask all our guests uh, just if they ever uh, have the nerve, uh, would you like to take a shower on TV? She says, okay. So she got in the shower on the David Letterman show. Just, I mean, the woman is half nuts. And I thought she was hot and uh, a great actress and goofy and funny and probably a lot of fun to be around with. Terry Garr is 76 years old. Tootsie, Mr. Mom, Young Frankenstein, she was great in that. Uh, Phoebe's real mom on Friends, uh, she announced in 2002 that she has multiple sclerosis. Terry Garr hasn't done movies or TV since 2007. And Terry Garr is 76 years old today. Uh, We do have some sports things here, Pete. I mentioned that the word I got was that Shoshay is going to get $40,000 per inning. (laughs) <laughs> for his baseball career. And on this day, this is Flounder's Guy. This is how Flounder's Guy has this history written here today. In 2000, thanks to nothing more than hard work, a strict moral code, and unflagging integrity, Alex Rodriguez agreed to a $252 million deal with the Texas Rangers, the most lucrative contract in sports at the time, uh, which was kind of dwarfed by $700 million. Holy cow. I mean, that's just out. And they'll make it up. I mean, they'll make the money, I assume. They'll, they'll make it, but he's the only one that can do it that they'll make money yeah. because he's special. Yeah. If And hopefully for him, he can go back to pitching a year from now if he's not by then shot or no, too no, old no. or whatever. I never want him to pitch again. He's a Dodger now. Well, Bell with him. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, well, I, I agree. Personally, I agree. But, but I mean, in terms of his own self, I just, I, I really, I think he's just, I think he's really a heck of a guy. Uh, 2000, Mario Lemieux comes out of retirement after three years owning the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Mario became the first winner, uh, owner, and player in uh, hockey history. 19. God, I can't read that. I'm writing over my own freaking notes here, you idiot. 1981, Muhammad Ali fights his last fight, number 61. He lost to Trevor Burbick. Muhammad Ali's record was 56-5 and five with 37 knockouts. On this day, 1951, Sadie and Sojo, Joe DiMaggio retires from baseball after 13 years. All with the Yankees, he had 2,214 hits. And that's all I got in sports. Anyway, uh, uh, and the Braves have yeah, uh, yeah. 
The Braves have made some changes. Uh, let's see. Matt Tuiasasopo and Tom Goodwin have been brought up from the minor leagues, and they've hired a guy named Eric Abreu. Tuiasasopo has been three seasons managing AAA Gwinnett, will replace Ron Washington as a third-base coach. Goodwin takes over as first-base coach from Eric Young, who uh, basically has gone to the Angels, too. And Abreu will be the uh, bullpen coach after being with the Astros, and Walt Weiss will start doing what Ron Washington used to do with the players defensively before the games and working out with them. So that's good news there. I'm glad that Uh, tradition continues. That's a great sign, I hope. Yeah. Kansas City signed former Braves closer Will Smith to a one-year deal, to which 680 the fans' bon vivant Adam Gillespie tweeted, Congratulations to the Royals on winning the 2024 World Series. (laughs) Will Smith is but... Yeah, he's been on the last three <laughs> World right. Series winning teams. That's right, including the, the Braves Astros, in the 21. Braves and the Rangers. <laughs> and finally, uh, it's sad for me to report this. Uh, yeah. I don't like to rub things in, as you know, when yeah. I'm usually right. But as predicted here last Friday, mm. go Army beat Navy ah. 17-11. to 11. A good game that came down to the last play. As the poor midshipmen and Marines became so tuckered out by the cadets, no, they nuts. laid down on the one-inch oh, line and gave up. Now, it was Bob, hard to that watch. lousy that's first to fight, one mister, inch line. were the ones they called to go in there. Oh. You've got to get in the end zone uh, well, to score. You, you well, can't they stop were, at the one-inch line. They were practicing to be on the Falcons when they got out of the Naval Academy, apparently. That's true. That's God. true. By the way, Elon Musk was there with his three-year-old son. Guess who? Uh, what sidelines Elon was standing Probably on. Army. That's correct. The winners, the winning side. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> well not everything is winning and losing, you know. <laughs> well, if you're going into battle, who you want with you? Let me put it that way. Anyway, just a little thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to be talking about war. God knows. Uh, 542. Uh, with a kiver, feet, and flounder. Here's a number, 404-741-1230. 741-1230. I um, went to uh, try to get my I did uh, my plan in my tire. My tire, uh, thank God Mike had a, an air pump. My tire, I got a flat on the way to work Friday. And the update was uh, Saturday morning, I, st- I called my friends at Butler Tire up on Jones Bridge Road. And I've, been, I've had so many flat tires. I've had probably six or seven, maybe eight flat tires and bad tires and blown out tires from the construction place all around Alpharetta and Roswell, and I called Butler Tire Saturday morning. I said, I said, hi, this is, and before I even got to my name, Brett says, hey, Kimmer, how you doing? How many tires do you need today? And they took care. <laughs> we should get them as a sponsor. I, it's the damnedest thing I ever saw. We should get them as an advertiser, because God knows I'm giving them an awful lot of business. In fact, Brett was joking. He says, I swear to you, we are not showing up in your driveway <laughs> at night to lay down. It was another nail. It was another nail in my tire, and it was on either Marietta Highway or Atlanta Street uh, coming from Roswell to uh, uh, here. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. And so I, oh, so I went to go buy a, a new blow-up thing. What do you call it? A tire monitor pump-up thing. A doll? A, 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 no, a, a tire pump. Uh, a, a, they can plug in your cigarette lighter kind of deal. So when it happens on the road, you're, you're not screwed. And I, went, I drove to Target, which is near me, and... I, not even a place to park. I mean, I just, I said, boy, this is ridiculous. The shopping, is, of course, this is the time. And again, I heard something on the news. Uh, they're all, the uh, UPS and the post office have now come out with suggested deadlines 
And again, in case you missed it, I went to the post office. To, I have three boxes I, want, I wanted to mail today to Colorado. And I went to the post office. And before I even, I didn't even pull in. I got to the traffic light before the one in Old Milton and Alpharetta. And I could see the parking lot was jammed. And I could see in the window the line was uh, atrocious. So I drove to my local UPS guy. And it was uh, fine over there on Old Milton. And it took about two minutes. Everything was fine. They already had me in the system, which I think is very handy. They type out all the stuff. Bing, bang, boom. I got all my stuff to check. And it was $88 for three packages. And I'm not complaining. I mean, that was that's a lot more than it ever used to be. But it's going to be there in a week and or five days or something. And I and I know they're going to do it. And for Christmas, I just, I'm willing to do it and, and not wait in line for an hour and a half. I don't have that kind of time. So anyway, but that, it, it's expensive. Uh, no yeah. question about it. You know, you can if you go on Amazon or some places, you can just have it mailed directly to them. Yeah, you but I, I have ra- I wrap with notes. Sometimes they wrap them as well. They don't do my handwritten. I do special little notes. I don't just say, uh, you know, uh, to uh, Jennifer from Dad. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I do a thing. You know, I have a little, you know, a little thing. In fact, I, I've, I've got a really special thing for Dan. He'll never know. So I'll say, I'll say what it is. Well, no, somebody will spill it. Well, I don't care. Yeah, someone will tell him. Don't tell. Him. Well, my, Jennifer has a lot of friends who listen to me and the, and are her Facebook friends. So one of them might say something. So, I, but she wouldn't tell him. Well, I, I, do you do calligraphy on your, your writing? <laughs> Pansy. <laughs> no, I know you're gay. Uh, 545, the Kevin Pete and <laughs> Shut up. Look at me. I get on my back. <laughs> Boy, do I remember these days. 1961, the Marvelettes went to number one with Please, Mr. Postman. The session musicians on this track in 1961 included 22-year-old Marvin Gaye on drums. And this Please, Mr. Postman gave the Carpenters their number one hit and number two hit in... England, 1975, originally 1961, with a mar- play a little Marvelettes here, Flounder, for just 20 seconds. Here. <laughs> and I used to love the, the, the singers in the background. They did all the dance steps and the shoe-bop to bop stuff. Oh, man, sorry if I didn't get a chance to enjoy it. Uh, birthdays include Jermaine Jackson, 69, Tito's brother. Nikki Sticks from Motley Crue. That's a guy. He's 65. I always thought that was a girl. Uh, let's see. On this day in 1941, Hitler declared war on America. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Uh, let's see. Oh, pal, Pete mentioned he saw a, a TV show, The Rockford Files, the other day. <laughs> How horrible it was. Well, on this day in 1980, it was the original Magnum P.I., on CBS with Tom Selleck. Again. Wasn't that the original guy? And was that the talking car, or was that somebody else? No, that was not the talking car. What was the talking car? car? That was uh, David Hasselhoff oh, and, uh, and Kit. Kit. Yeah, but what was the name of the show? Was that a beach show? Who, who's the no, talking car? What the hell was that? Who was the talking car? Knight Rider. Knight Rider. No, that was it. Was that it? Yes, it was Knight Rider Knight with Rider uh, sure. David Hasselhoff yeah. and, who was and Kit the Car. Kit the yeah. Car, yeah. And the, yeah. Okay, doke. Um, on this day in 2001, Ted Turner bought 12,000 acres of Nebraska to raise bison. 
On this day, 1985, it wasn't the Unabomber's first bomb, but it was on this, uh, that was in May 1978 in Chicago campus, the University of Illinois. But on this day in 85, this was the Unabomber's first kill. Hugh Scrutton was in his computer store in Sacramento. He opened the mail, and it exploded in his hands. 1945, the news came out, General George Patton had a broken neck. The third vertebrae put too much pressure on his spinal cord, and General George Patton was paralyzed and later died from that car crash. That took his life. Anyway, uh, let's see. Anything else you got? Let's yeah, kind of hold us for a while there, I guess, probably. Uh, let's see. Oh, I was, I, I was surprised my, my, my uh, son-in-law is a, uh, they're all campers. They go hiking all the time. All of them go hiking. Even the kids go hiking and camping, and they go to all the national parks and all kind of stuff. So as a, I, in one, one of my catalogs, in fact, didn't I buy you guys crossbows and knives at some point over the last couple yeah. of years and stuff? And one of those catalogs, I got it. Uh, well, well, you buy one thing out of one of those catalogs, you get catalogs the rest of your life. And so one of them I was looking through the other day, and one of the things they have, and if you've ever seen these kind of cat, outdoorsy catalogs, knives catalogs, stuff like that, is they have a mystery pack. And for a reasonable amount of money, you can buy a backpack, a knapsack, and it's filled with mystery stuff. You don't know what it's, it's called, the mystery pack, and it's guaranteed to be worth three times what you paid for it. But you don't know what's in it. It could be, you know, camping supplies with uh, ponch- ponchos or uh, waterproof matches and uh, knives. I mean, whatever. It's stuff to take on. And so it's a big pack filled with mystery stuff. And so I got that for him, and I wrote a little note saying, I've always wondered what the hell is in these things, and I'm, I'm hoping you'll enjoy finding out. Anyway, stuff like that. So that was my, uh, that was, that was my surprise gift that I got from, uh, from my, uh, my son-in-law. That, oh, oh, God, what? <laughs> Flounder remind me I missed something. What do you got there, Flounder? 553. Uh, who is this? This is Ted Alexandria. I think I played this a long time ago, but it's a funny but a good one. Getting old. Excellent, Flounder. find myself waking up injured more and more. <laughs> I don't get it. I go to sleep perfectly fine. <laughs> Wake up with like a strained hamstring. <laughs> I don't remember running in the night. <laughs> Am I supposed to stretch before I sleep now? <laughs> I thought this was the most low-impact thing I could be doing. <laughs> Recently went up a font size on my phone. That was a big day. Oh, man. Move the tassel over. Who knew the answers lie in the settings? I went as high up as they offered. I went, like, top line on the eye chart. I'm reading articles a letter at a time now. I'm like, that's a T. That's a backward Z. I've been peeing sitting down. Man, what a game changer that is. <laughs> the old guys do not tell you. They just let you figure it out when it's right for you. It's a very zen thing. It comes into your life at the exact right moment. But I am not going back. Let the young guys stand, right? Got hopes and dreams. A stream you can depend on. Not me. I've got a spotty flow. I'm like an old rapper. It's a lot of, uh, uh, what, what? Make some noise. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> what's his name, Alex? All what's right. his name? His name is Ted Alexandro. Ted Alexandro. Uh, five feet by. By the way, I mentioned Magna P.I. a minute ago, Pete, and I forgot to mention this story, too, uh, that you pointed out. Uh, Jack Hogan has passed away at the age of 94. Jack Hogan was a legendary character-type actor. He was uh, one of the stars of the TV series Combat. 
in the 1960s with Vic Morrow. God, I never missed that show. In fact, one of the guys who was one of the character actors in that show was a former uh, radio broadcaster that I knew when I got out of the Marines and moved to Phoenix, and he uh, was in the uh, show Combat. He was in one of, a couple of the episodes. Anyway, uh, this guy, Jack Hogan, uh, died at 94. He was also in the A-Team and Magnum P.I., and he was uh, Sergeant Jerry Miller on Adam-12. He was on the sh- uh, show. You ever watched the TV show Cheyenne? With, remember that yeah. great big muscle-bound guy, Clint Walker? Clint Howard? Clint Walker. Clint Walker. Clint, yeah. Walker. Yeah. Clint Howard is uh, Ronnie Howard's brother. That's true. <laughs> you know, Clint Walker, in a ski accident, had a ski pole go through his heart, and he survived it. Wow, because of all the muscle in his chest, probably. And, uh, although it went through his heart, that's weird. He was also in The Dirty Dozen. He played the very uh, shy, calm guy. Anyway, Jack uh, Hogan, uh, dead at 94. And let's see. uh, God, I was going to say something about... uh, What the heck? And I totally forgot because I did that instead. (laughs) I totally lost my place. (laughs) I hate when I... Well, it's a thing. It's a thing. I write write notes now for... I have... Anyway. Uh, This uh, poor woman named Melissa Pershling on social media wrote an essay for Business Insider... And she said, I'm 38 and single, and I recently realized I want a child. I'm terrified I've missed my opportunity. She got a lot of hate mail from men saying, oh, you lived a selfish life. You want, Yeah, you wanted to be your career girl. You didn't want a traditional man. Well, she married a guy when she was 22, a traditional guy, moved to a rural part of Idaho, and he wanted her to be a stay-at-home mom, and she said, this ain't working for me. So she got divorced from him, started her career, and got very uh, successful, and then uh, she got resentful when her husband said, gee, why don't you do some laundry and make me a dinner once in a while? She said, no, I can't be doing that. So she did nothing but a career, a carefree lifestyle, wine and dined, lots of dates, did anything she wanted. All of a sudden now she's 38 years old and says, oh my God, I'm panic stricken. I think I'm going to be alone forever. It really scared me. I almost wrote the article as part of a warning to other women. Uh, Don't let feminism betray you. Don't miss out on the important things in life because you're enjoying themselves and I don't think that's ever going to make you really very happy. She found urgency to find a stable relationship and as it turns out, apparently she did find a guy. And she said uh, her epiphany wanted a traditional life, the realization that the one hit her like a ton of bricks because he was she knew him before and he was just kind of a friend. And then she realized when she wanted a different place in her life, oh, my God, this is the guy. And, she, and, here, and this is kind of an interesting thing. Check this out. Uh, this is the guy, the one that God's been preparing for me. I've had relationships since uh, where there were so many butterflies, and I was like, oh, gosh, checking my phone. Did he text me? Did he text me? And I realized that's not love. That's anxiety. I never knew where I stood with those people. I could never envision a future with those people. And now she's looking forward to a modest, meaningful, happy future with her man. And don't let feminism betray you. So she went out, she had her fun, she was ran with the wild crowd, and now she wants a nice, stable guy that's, you know, yeah. not going to slap her around. That's right. <laughs> By the way, there, I'll, I'll save this for tomorrow. Uh, dear, well, uh, dear Abby, which is almost t- too silly to be true, and then there's the story, a story in social media of a lady whose husband went to the Christmas party by himself with all his buddies, and then he <laughs> called at 1 o'clock in the morning and says, oh, my God, uh, our co-worker, this woman, is so drunk, she's thrown out, she, uh, she's passed out, you wanna, she took her home, and then he didn't want to leave her house because he was afraid she might have a problem, and she's all drunk and stuff, and so, uh, she, so he stayed the night. 
And uh, I don't. The wife, you know, is told, yeah, well, she, uh, gee, God, why didn't you bring her to your wife's home and have her there? Why didn't you call a doctor? Why didn't you call one of her friends? Why didn't you call your wife? To I mean, there's a lot of ways you could have done this other than saying, gee, I better stay with her at 2 o'clock in the morning. I just better spend the night in case she has a problem if she wakes up and comes to. <laughs> He couldn't sleep with her if he did all those other things. That's right. <laughs> that would ruin everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, look out. It's only me. It's only the camera. Gotta go. You're killing me, Pete and Flounder. See you tomorrow, boys. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.